Hey, this your boy Frank Gore, Miami Dolphin running back. You listen to Lemon City Live. Peace. What's up? What's up? Fresh. What's up? Fresh is our turn, baby. Remember to hit record this time? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why those bubbles got me cracking up so much. <laughs> and we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Lemon City Live podcast, episode one. 40. 40, bro. Coño. 40, bro. But wait, you smell that? You, you hear that? No. Something. Something. Mozzarella feels different. Sticks? No, something feels different. What's different? Some, someone's oh. back. Who's someone's back? back. Who's back? Who's back? Who's back? TD, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> Yeah, I've been going for a minute. Came back like I never left, like Manny Diaz, baby. There you yeah, go. what's Ooh, up? Oh, man, can't wait to get How was some Temple? Manny Diaz talk already. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you tell everybody... Uh, Who's our, our lovely sponsor today? Okay, guys. Lemon City Live is brought to you by Magic City Casino Highlight. The fastest game in the world has come to Magic City. We showcase the best features of the sport combined with the fastest state-of-the-art and talents of our own homegrown athletes like myself. For a highlight experience like never before, Live highlight returns at Magic City Casino July 2019. But listen, guys, plus, this is going to be big. We have a preview weekend, April 6th and 7th of 2019. So we're going to give you a taste of what the season is going to be like early. Make sure you guys come and live the highlight. I don't want a taste. I want the whole thing. Yeah. Want some of that. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what would you say? Um, What are we talking about again? (laughs) But yeah, it's good to have TD back. From his, uh, his travels, he was spending time with the Familia, yeah. spending time at NFL Network. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, I was waiting for that. And I was sitting in the tunnel <laughs> waiting for that, like, because I'm in the tunnel, right. like, oh, what's my smoke? What's my That's music? Right. And then we got Producer Fungus, 140 appearances in a row. Mm. That's right. You, get a, you don't get any sound? Good. We'll skip you. And I am Larry Fresh. <laughs> Great Poutinho. I don't get a sound either. Fresh. But- oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, once again, this is episode 140, and we are happy to have TD back. He was out there bumping elbows with Rod Woodson, talking to Terrell Davis, and you know, making fun of Maurice Jones-Drew and all that stuff. I wasn't making fun. Well, of you weren't Maurice making fun, but you were laughing at people like, making yeah, fun of him. Yeah, Rod uh, Woodson was. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that was a uh, a really cool time, and you're heading back out tomorrow. Yes, I fly out tomorrow. Bro. Back out to Cali, bro. Going, going back, back to Cali. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's it, right there, bro. You look like. My sky what, miles. Bro, right? I need to get my. No. I need to get a credit card to get sky miles, man. Oh, I'm slipping, real. bro. Yeah, man. I know. I'll be telling people that, bro. You got. You should have been on that, bro. I know. I'm, listen, <laughs> I ain't expect to be flying like this. No, but, for sure, for yeah. sure. And man, and, and props to you, bro. You're you're putting yourself through some uh, some exhaustion. It's you an, know, it's an investment. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But you've learned a lot. Yes. You've uh, you've done a lot. Yes. And now you're ready to talk a lot today. So we're oh, yes. have uh, we're gonna have plenty to talk about, Gus. There oh. it is. Oh, get you back in the mood there. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, I needed that. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting weekend. Uh, last few shows we've had Cindy the intern filling in for you. She's done a mm-hmm. pretty fantastic job, I'd have to yeah. say. Um, but yeah, we are glad to have you back, and it's a perfect time to have you back because there's been a lot of stuff happening locally. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff happening everywhere else in the college ranks too. But um. 
But anyway, last night there was a a big game. I think we're just gonna get right to it, bro. Let's just get right to it. All right, let's, let's get to it. There was there was a humongous game last night. Humongous. A uh, this national championship game, and if you don't know now, you know. Saban took the worst loss in his Alabama coaching career yesterday. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, straight up. How many of you thought? Okay, who thought Clemson had a chance? I oh, yeah, of course. I no, had a chance. I, I picked them to win. If you, you see my tweet, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cause I but tweeted, I didn't think it was going to be like that. I tweeted way before the game started. I said, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be biased. Okay. Yeah, I put a timestamp mm-hmm. on it. And I'm going to be ACC biased. Uh-huh. But I really felt that Clemson was going to pull this off just because of t- Trevor Lawrence is special, bro. And I was oh. telling one of my coworkers at uh, NFL Network, a mm-hmm. uh, guy by the name of Tory Gurley. Okay. He, he sounded like he didn't know anything about Trevor Lawrence. And I kind of explained to him, like, this dude is the real deal coming out of, of Georgia. Okay. So, and I explained to him, every year it's this LeBron James of football that's coming in. Mm-hmm. And every he's hyped. Yeah. This dude hype was real. The same way how Patrick Mahomes hype was real. Yeah. This kid hype was real. And he showed even though his numbers didn't go off the chart last night, yeah. but he managed the game. Wow. He threw the ball where the DBs couldn't get it. And he does have great receivers. I'm not gonna say good. Those those boys are gonna be great. They everybody range between six two to six four. Man, that that catch late in the game. By Ross. I don't I don't remember his name. But yeah. it was he was like yeah, yeah. By the by that he was about to go out of bounds. Yeah, Ross, yeah, Ross, okay. and he one handed yeah. it. One handed, yeah, oh, that's him. Man. Yeah, and he transferred from Alabama. Yep. Yeah, that's Boys right. Alabama that's guy, right. Yeah. But I think uh, I think it's pretty uh, safe to say that. Okay, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm gonna jump out on a limb here, but let me ask you guys this. I like to ask the question first. But uh, if this Trevor Lawrence kid didn't have this beautiful long hair, will we still be talking about him the same way, or is it the Latucci that helps him out? Is that giving him powers? Is that giving him the hype? Is that building him up a little more? The sunshine? Oh, you don't. You never seen Remember the Titans? God, I don't know, yeah, man. Yeah, he's go ahead, go ahead, Gus. I, I think he's just he's really fucking good at football. <laughs> I think yeah, that's all it is. It doesn't hurt that he's a, a good looking kid, you know. I'm, of course. I'm, yeah, he's he's the prototypical drop back, look like a stallion type quarterback that NFL teams are going to salivate over this kid. Oh yeah, bring him. And for Trevor. Like if if it, they wished, I'm, I'm sure some NFL teams wish there was a a one and done in college football when yeah. it comes. Because don't get me wrong, his ceiling is high. But when you get a kid like that, and you can say, "Hey, we'll draft you first round pick, but we're, we're going to let you sit for a couple of years, mm-hmm. let you learn this game and, you, and implement him right in," he can be like Aaron Rodgers, bro. Okay. Okay. Nice little comparison. Yeah. Now, okay. Straight up, my my I'm spit the hot take there. So get the hot take button ready. Okay, a 19-year-old kid beat Nick Saban. Yeah. A 19-year-old kid stopped Nick Saban from being, from from furthering his, or making his crown even bigger as the greatest college coach, maybe greatest coach ever, stopped him. Like, not just stopped him, like destroyed him yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, he really, uh, all right, he had no answer that's, that's not, for this that's, kid. All right, the 19-year-old kid didn't beat Nick Saban. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, it, he was, did. it was Clemson defense. The defensive coordinator yes. beat him. Yeah. Okay, beat. That's, that's half of it. Yes, that's half of it. No, that's 78% that's of it. half of it, but he no. put up points. The defense put up seven points. Yeah. I give him that, and they stopped these people from putting up points. Yeah. But this kid still went in there and dropped dimes, was playing out of his mind, threw three touchdowns over 300 yards. Remember when... Uh, Two okay. touchdowns. No, I think he, he, three he threw two, three. I think. Yeah, well, no, he, one was a shovel pass. One was a shovel pass. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. But anyway, 
Um, what I was saying is after Tua throws the pick, the pick six to start yeah. off the game, right? Yep. Yep. Everybody's like, oh, shit, including myself. I was mm-hmm. like, wow. You know, I was pretty wow. Like, wow. Wow. And uh, so what does Tua do right after? He comes back, throws a 62-yard bomb. Yeah. Beautiful pass, right? But what, is ha- what happens afterwards when Clemson gets the ball? This guy answers back with a 62-yard pass yeah. of his own. Yeah. Like this kid showed incredible poise, incredible calm. Like, next level stuff. Now, again. That's amazing. Yeah, very amazing. This is just like last season when Tua came in at the end of the game and showed incredible poise, incredible, you know, uh, a- a- attitude about just being like, hey, we got this. We're going to win this. And, yeah. you know, took him down the field. Now, this, instead of seeing it last last championship game, you saw it for a quarter or a, or a half with Tua. Mm-hmm. You saw it for the whole game this time with Trevor. Impressive. I I just, I'm that was the biggest takeaway. As good as the defense was for, for Clemson. I think the fact that they could not stop that offense, you know, that the Alabama defense could not stop the Clemson offense, it made Nick Saban get gimmicky. You know, there was that fourth down play. Uh, fake in the field second, goal. The fake field goal. Yeah. Then there was the gimmicky. Uh, there was a fourth and goal, and they tried to do like a weird little toss. It was uh, a sho- it was like a it was like a shovel pass, and they sniffed it out. Yeah, and then yeah. there was the then the other one where Tua tried to run it, you know, on a sweep to the side, and yeah. he just got like probably it was oh, just yeah. it was and think about it, those are all out of character things from Alabama. You know, yeah. Alabama's just got running backs in the back that they could just pound it. You know, they there's just it's an army back there. You know what I mean? And Alabama was playing completely out of their comfort zone for what felt like you know as soon as the game was first off like right off the bat they they I think. They had outscored teams in the first five minutes of the game this season, 99 to 5. That's incredible. What? That was Alabama's scoring record going into this game. 99 points they had scored and only given up five points in the first five minutes of, of, of the game this season. Of all these. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. And what did yeah. Clemson do? I mean, it was, I think it was 14 all or 14 13 with yeah. um, like. In the first five minutes of the game, mm-hmm. it was incredible. It was just this is exactly what I wanted to see. I oh, wanted course. to see some points. I wanted to see some action. It was great. So I'm telling you, this Clemson got under got under the skin of Nick Saban and made Nick Saban change what he does, which is rare. You don't see that. That's very, 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 very weird to see someone as collected and as as disciplined as him to to do that. And but you got to give the the, the defense oh, of sure. Cliff and yes. Clemson huge credit because. They confused Tua, oh, yeah. and yeah. no one was able to do that. Now, don't get me wrong; uh, it was a lot of plays I think Tua made that were mental. Mm-hmm. That I think the I think the national championship got to him, yep. and he was. I, it's a lot of things that got in his way. I, I know he's not going to say it. Not winning the Heisman, I think, hurt him think because so? he really felt like he sh- he should have won it. Okay, and then he beat Oklahoma and he proved his point. Yeah. he's a very nice guy. He's he has that. Yeah, that, Samoa and Tebow. That uh, no, Samoa I, I want yeah. He reminds me of Russell Wilson. <laughs> like he's like he wants to say everything politically correct. He wants to always be right about something. Yeah. He does, he doesn't want to rub anybody in the wrong way. No, I got you. And but he's also very Tebow esque in the whole. Yeah, he like, is too. So hurting his ankle, having a surgery, not winning the Heisman, uh. Going into the national championship game, I felt like he wanted to go above and beyond the show. Like, hey, last year wasn't a fluke. Yeah. And then I think Clemson defense played on that. They blitzed him. They confused him. Mm-hmm. They made him think. And I don't think he was ready for that. I thought, I believe he had a game plan. He scouted one look, one scheme, and he thought that what he was going to get. And when he realized he wasn't, that's when they got behind. So. You know, you got to give big props to to, to uh, Dabo Sweeney yeah. for going into going into Clemson 
in in six years, changing that whole program. Oh yeah, man. But people were buying in. You know, I can. I'm one of the people to say that. When I played at University of Miami, Clemson was like a one of those limbo teams. Like they always in the middle. You never knew they. You never thought they was going to be a powerhouse. I'm not. I'm yeah. gonna straight up with you. I felt like they were they were going to be the Boston College of football. Yep. You know, okay, just yeah. be just good enough. Exactly. And just have draft picks. I said this on my Twitter yesterday, man. I said Clemson is the new powerhouse. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, and I have this great stat here in front of me. And as soon as I can pull it up, oh, there it is. Okay. So check this out. Now, and it goes to what you were saying. A few years ago, Clemson was looked at as a team that always choked in the big games. It just mm-hmm. never had that that finishing factor, you know? Kind of like the Panthers right now in hockey, which, by the way, Jessica Blaylock will be joining us on the show mm-hmm. uh, a little later on. That's right. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to talk a little Panthers. We're going to talk a little Gators. We're going to talk a little Canes. We're going to talk a little music, too. It'll be fun. So stay tuned for that. But going back to this. Now, Clemson was looked at as a pushover for a while, for a long time. They, yeah. You know, they weren't very good. They would cave in. They were, you know, a good regular season team, but, you know, would falter at the end. They would always slip up somewhere in the end of the season and blow it away. Now, if you look at Alabama since Saban's got there, they have just been the model of consistency, right? They've had their little flukes, and they've had their moments where they lose, but it's always been different. Um, actually, you know what? Hold on. Let me think. I mean, give me a second here because I, I wrote it down. I actually wanted – okay. Alabama and Alabama – wait, what is it? Okay, sorry. I got it. Okay, give me a That's second. Go ahead. I got it. Okay. An Alabama loss is never a scoreline. It's always a headline, which I thought was a really, really cool um, way to phrase it, which is true. It's never like, oh, Alabama lost. You know, it's like, you know, it's never just in passing. Like, oh, they lost the game. No, no problems. Let's move yeah. on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And that's been the motto. That's been the 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 way the perception mm-hmm. of the program mm-hmm. since Saban's got there. Okay. Yeah. Whenever yeah. they lose, that's the headline. Not the other team won. Alabama lost. Yeah. Holy but, shit. So think of the pressure and the consistency that they have. And th- what I was getting at is is this fact here, which is in the last four seasons, okay, the record of Alabama and Clemson is the exact same record. They're both both schools are fifty five wins and four losses in the last four years, and they each have two national championships. But the two national championships that Clemson has, they beat Alabama. Yep. Yeah. So think about that, man. And that's impressive. and that shows very impressive. And that shows where the tide is no point intended. Is shifting <laughs> towards Clemson mm-hmm. because they're recruiting. Like people want to play for Dabo Sweeney, yeah, because yeah. he's fun. Looks like it, yeah. Saban he's looks fun. Like it. <laughs> he has a he has a he has a sliding board inside the the, the facility, so you can slide down mm-hmm. uh, to get ready to go to practice. Instead of taking the stairs, you can slide down. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah Nick Saban it, is Bill Belichick. Yeah, he and and if you want to compare it to NFL coaches, he's Bill Belichick and uh, Dabo Sweeney is Pete Carroll. Yeah, he's a people's guy. Yeah. He's a he's, he's a player's coach. Very very good comparison. He's, so p- people want to play for that. And w- you think about it. Okay, I'm a top recruit guy. Clemson is like, yo, we're playing well. They, he beat they beat Alabama twice, and that's their only two national championships. I want to play. Alabama's recruiting me too. I think they're a great school, but I just don't like the way. Nick Saban talks to me. Yeah. Where do yeah. I want to go? I'm going to go to Clemson. And you lose that kid like Ross, the receiver mm-hmm. who transferred from Alabama to yeah. Clemson, yeah. and he beats you. Yeah, look at that Clemson defense. A lot of young guys on that defense. And yeah. A lot of young guys, including our boys, uh, the Davis uh, well, they're, brothers. No, they're seniors. They're seniors now? Yeah. This is the last, mm-hmm. Oh, that was the last game last night? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I thought they were juniors. 
last anyway, but season. <laughs> no, I thought they were freshmen the first season that they won the, chan- the, the chip two, well, two seasons ago. We'll, anyway, have, we'll have them on soon. Friends of the show. Yeah, uh, we'll the talk Davis, about it. Uh, Davis twin, uh, twins, the mm. linebackers, mm. they're on the team. But they have, and they told us when we talked to them last time, they were telling us about the vibe in the team, exactly what you're saying. People like playing there. It's a really cool you know, uh, player atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that authoritarian rule that you think – of when you think of saving. Now, that's a good thing and a bad thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because when you're dealing with 18, 19-year-old yeah, you got to be strict, men, man. Yeah. And you, you, you can't lose the... You can't lose the chain of command leadership, mm-hmm. meaning that players may get so comfortable with you that they will start thinking they can talk to you or act in a certain way. Yeah. And then that's when you can lose the team, too. Mm-hmm. So... In, Dabo is walking a fine line that he perfected to this point. Yep. Now that C when, say for instance, they have a bad season. Yeah. How do Clemson, the university, handles this? Because the same way Nick Saban has a, a statue in front of Alabama, mm-hmm. Dabo Sweeney should have a statue in oh, front of sure. Clemson. Oh, oh for, for sure. sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. And it's gonna be a standalone. But because I don't see no other coaches ever going doing what he did at Clemson. Yeah. Let me ask you, who do you, who would you rather be a fan of right now? If you were a free agent fan, right? Let's say you you you, you cut all ties to UM and us, we're free that agent fans. That can never fans. happen. I'm sorry. I know it's never going to yeah, happen. But ahead. I'm just saying, hypothetical here, who would you rather be a fan of right now? Who Whose outlook looks a little better? Alabama, being an f- Alabama fan, you know, you've obviously had this dominance, this dynasty that's been going on. Or would you rather jump on this Clemson bandwagon right now? It's easy to go to Clemson. It's easy, right? It's very easy because they're the sexy pick. They're the sexy team. But it's not just sexy. Think about this. They have a quarterback who's 19 years old. That means youngest, he's going to be there for two more seasons. Youngest kid to ever win the Heisman. He's uh, Not the Heisman. Tra- I mean, sorry. I the, said Heisman. <laughs> I'm thinking about Gus' comment earlier. <laughs> um, to ever win a national championship. National championship. And he's, but the, the, the thing is, he still has two more seasons. Yeah. Two more seasons because he has yeah. to be three years away. Yeah. And as a true freshman, he still yeah. has two more seasons in college yeah. before he can even think about pros so you know you got a guy who's imagine him two years from now think of when he grows into that body when he gets bigger he's six six yeah. think about him when he gets like he really starts developing he he starts up. Weight. yeah man he's gonna be a force dude yeah so you got him you got that wide receiver that ross kid he's a freshman true yeah freshman true too. freshman too you know? just like him you got oh. a lot of these guys and, on this team and you, they're gonna and have you got a, travis a ET, and dra- travis etn is he's a, he's a junior too i believe so yeah. so you know he, he he's man, flirt- nuts, he can come out and be in, he could be a first round pick running back because yeah. he's fast strong and big yeah. so I, but I think he had a most Touchdowns in ACC. ACC, yeah, he, he yeah. Tied, he tied for it, I think. Yeah, so they have Clemson right now, yo. They got they're, so many cool, good things to look forward to. It's you incredible. ever, you ever yep. heard of you're playing with house money? Oh yeah, for sure. That's yeah. Right. Clemson right now is really playing with house money. No, for they sure. can really like their team is going to be so solid next year. They can really implement an NFL type off. They, all right, let me, let me let me take that back. NFL offense is now are copying college football oh, yeah. schemes. Yeah, with the RPOs. Yep. And now when you think about, oh, is the kid can understand an NFL playbook the other way around? Can he implement a college playbook and yeah. turn it into a NFL playbook? Yeah. So And we, we talked about it uh, a little bit. We'll talk about it some more with these quarterbacks that were recently drafted and, you know, their skill set. Same as like a guy like Lamar Jackson. You know, there's there's talk about teams drafting more guys that are like that, more athletic quarterbacks. Yeah. Drafting smaller linemen that are more agile, more mobile, that can move a pocket better, that can adjust to that quarterback. It's a whole thinking and and new ideology when it comes to NFL 
that's very you know breaking the norms of the of what's been the tradition for so long yeah so that's interesting to see how it develops but going back to this now you mentioned the comparison to um to bill belichick right mm. with saban which i think is very very accurate now i want to know with gus gus i know he's a big patriots fan right and he's a big nick saban fan he loves bill belichick and also gus is a very yeah. big yankees fan yeah, um, I love all those guys. So I pretty much described <laughs> the three big evil empires in sports right now. I, I don't know. I might be missing one, but I think those are three good ones right there. Yeah. You know, I know Gus is, <laughs> hates Nick Saban, so there's your first evil empire. And I know he's definitely not a fan of the Patriots, so there's your second evil empire. And you've always had been very critical about the Yankees, about being the evil empire in baseball. Yes. Which is the most evil, Gus, for you? Which is the worst out of all three of those? Patriots. Patriots. Patriots, though? Yeah. They're more relevant. Really? And they're more relevant, too. The also, they just, they've been caught cheating a bunch of times, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fuck out of here. But that's if you ain't true. cheating, ain't you trying? You ain't trying? Isn't that how it goes? I think everybody's cheating. Yeah. Just Patriots don't give a fuck if they get caught. <laughs> if you're cheating on the field, you ain't trying to win. If you're yeah. cheating outside of the game, you're just a piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to say the S word, but I yeah. because I'm saying when you to deflate gate, I'll dub I, it. I, I'll I, dub I, it. I still don't. I still don't think that was a. They made that bigger than what it needed to be. That's stupid. Yeah. It, they yeah. made because because it was the Patriots involved. Yeah. That's the only reason. But it, it, Spygate, Spygate, that's the, the bigger, that, yeah. that's the bigger deal because you got somebody filming practice yeah. and using that as your advantage to beat them that week that's shitty that's shady yeah. that's so, super shady no, yeah. that's, and that's not shady it's shitty shitty shady, shitty yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now um, Jerry Rice has said that he used to use stick em on his gloves to help him catch yeah. you know putting adhesive on there yeah I'm, I'm sure he's not the only one I mean he's yeah. I'm sure there's guys in the locker room that would put all types of shit on Steve, there and stuff like that uh, oh my god a lot of people go hate me when I say this and, and I, I know for a fact Jerry Rice was a a phenomenal football player in his time. Yeah. I want to make sure I say that clearly in his time. If Jerry Rice played today, he would not do what he did back then. No, because, because this is why, because the cornerbacks, the cornerbacks back then were stiff. Mm. They, they couldn't move. And a lot of Jerry Rice's catches, when you see it, Cornerbacks are playing off coverage. Press was not a prominent thing back then. Okay. It was more off coverage, zone turn, and just run with the receiver and try to make a play on the ball. The defensive backs now, if they went back then and played, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about early, I mean, mid-80s on. Okay. Like, they would dominate. And this is why, because they, the game, I'm, I'm talking about moving the mm -hmm. speed of the game back then. They're yeah. much faster. They can they can route read much better and press technique. Yeah. If you can bring how you can put your hands on them back then because there was no fire yard rule. Like if you jam it, you're jamming. Yeah. Jerry Rice would not be able to do what he did back then now. He will put up numbers. But wait, no, hold on a second because Jerry Rice was putting up those numbers when the rules were tougher yeah, against Yeah, but, but his opponent, the defensive backs, uh -huh. their skill set, the best defensive back at that time to me okay. was Dale Green. Yeah. Because Dale Green pressed, he was fast. The one downside he had, he was small. Okay. Deion Sanders, everybody's going to say he was the best cornerback to play the game. Absolutely. Right. When you look at his technique, his uh -huh. technique was kind of lazy. Okay. He his his he spread at his feet. Mm -hmm. He when he jammed, he grabbed and he didn't run. Now, 
it worked for him. Okay. And he intimidated a lot of people. I see what you're saying now. But when you put, if you bring that technique now into the NFL, you'll get routed up. So you're saying that back in the day, the receivers or the defensive backs used the rules to their advantage by yes. being more physical up front. Yes. And less mm-hmm. disciplined, you know, after that. And yes. that's where Jerry was. Now yeah. you're saying that the uh, defensive backs now are more disciplined. They're smarter yep. about their execution. Yep. Yeah. So they're to compensate for the fact that yeah. they can't be physical. Up they line. know how to find okay, the ball. They that. know how to go up and get the ball. I see that. So I, mean, I, I don't know how we got to this Jerry Rice comment, but because I want, I, he's great. He's, he's, he's the greatness. Mm. I want to make sure I say that clearly on the mic. I'm just saying his game would not dominate as much as he did back then now. Okay. Because people will be able to – he wasn't fast. Yeah, his whole thing yeah. was he was an exceptional route runner. That's see, his whole thing. And you, I, I see what you're saying. It could AJ, be a little – AJ Green, AJ Green is an exceptional route runner. Yeah. Put him back then, he would have Jerry Rice numbers. Yeah, I can see that. Michael I, I, Irvin. I still, I still contend that like Randy Moss would be great in any era. Randy Moss just, would. Oh, Randy Moss sure. would dominate. That's the only. See, I'm glad you said that. Mm. Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson. Yeah. I could say Julio too. Julio Jones and Antonio Brown. Each decade, they would dominate. I believe so. Yeah. You put Jerry Rice at his prime in our time. He won't do what he did back then. Not saying that he's not great. His he, he won't outrun anybody. He catch the ball. He'll, he'll be more a possessions receiver. I can see that. I can see what you're saying. Was, I hadn't thought of it that way. I'd have to take out uh, Antonio Brown out of your top four there. First off, you need a top five, and uh, Antonio Brown would make the top <laughs> my, five. My top five. But my, I would have Terrell Owens in there. I think Terrell Owens is at his prime. Yeah, he right. played in any yeah, generation. Ter- he but he did play in yeah. every era. Yeah. He was one of the few guys that mm-hmm. didn't. Yep. So. You got to put Antonio Brown in there, bro. Eh, I don't know, like, man. T- Antonio Brown, he he can catch and run away from you. He can get off the line depending on press. And the one thing he used to his advantage is his size. Yeah. Because he's not big, yeah. he, stills, or he still is able to get off the line. Yeah. And he's got speed. But I'll tell you this, man. And we talked about it last week. We were talking about Antonio Brown and all this stuff that's going on with him and the Steelers being a big mess. And I want to get back to college football, but I do want to say this. that You mentioned that. Um Santonio Holmes, Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown. This is this is not uncommon uh, territory here for a guy to get too big for his head, have a problem, want to leave, and then go somewhere and not be the same person. Santonio Holmes had a little bit of success when he played with the Jets for a little bit after his Steeler days. Mm-hmm. But same thing, man. Made that great catch. Probably the greatest catch in Super Bowl history. You know, the actual catch itself mm-hmm. um, up there with David Tyree mm-hmm. um, by dragging his toes and doing all that. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, ran into a lot of problems after he left. Uh, Mike Wallace was the big dog, wanted all that money. Still was like, no, nah, we're not going to give you that much money. Dolphin said, hey, we will. Goes to Miami, bombs it out. Who emerges from there? Antonio Brown. Now, very eerily similar. Very eerily similar. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised that it happens. You know, you got Antonio Brown now. Causing up a storm. You got Juju Smith-Schuster there, you know, just coming, waiting in the ranks, voted MVP on the team just to step in. And Steelers don't miss a beat. But these guys who always leave always end up going down. I can't think of a good um, a former Steeler that has gone on to another team and played well. I feel like anyone who's with the Steelers, that Palomalo effect, man, they're good when they're there. But whenever they go somewhere else, not the same, bro. Not the same. Going old school like Kevin Green when he left the Steelers and played for the Panthers for a little while. As a linebacker, not the same. Joy Porter, when he was with the Dolphins, was oh. never Joy Porter from the Steelers. Nope. 
You know, popcorn muscles. You know, this guy said he got got popcorn muscles. Emmanuel Sanders, who he was with the Steelers, and he was very productive. He was, but he wasn't. But he wasn't also the alpha dog in the Steelers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but but he never got a chance to because Antonio Brown was still the top dog at the time. Antonio Brown was a longer top dog than. Santonio Holmes. I don't know. I'd have to look at the numbers. I don't know exactly because he's how long been there been longer. There. I don't know off the top of my head, um, but I think I'd, I'd be. I, I'd you forgot like about Plaxico Burrows too. Plaxico Burrows, yeah, he was good. Um, same thing. Well, when he was at the Giants, he he had some success, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just telling you, it's be surprised, man. There's something in the water in Pittsburgh. When you're there, you're good. When you leave, it's like eh, not the same. Very very rare that it, it switches. But anyway, going back to this, Gus. So you were saying. That you're, it's an easy choice for you. It's the Patriots. Oh, for sure. Easy. I'm actually surprised. I really thought you'd uh, you'd have a little more hatred or a little more for for the Yankees, for, for Yankees and Saban. But no. where are you ranking them? Where are you? Who's, who's next? Next worst? Number two, Yankees. <sighs> See, I, I I can't put the Yankees on top right now because they're not winning. So I never had an issue with Coach. Yeah, Saban, but they got though. they got Stanton. And they're going to they get Bryce get Harper. Why, yeah. why, all right. We don't know that they're going to get Bryce Harper. Man. Besides besides Nick Saban leaving the Dolphins, what is your beef with him? Oh, he takes all Miami players. He, recru- what, he recruits all our players, and he takes them to Alabama. That's what he's supposed to do. <laughs> I don't care. Yankees are supposed to win. Patriots are supposed to win. Doesn't mean I can't hate them. So, Everybody do what they're supposed to do. Now, going back to the game. Let's go back to the game real quick. Yeah. Okay, you Gus, you said you put you you picked Clemson. Yeah, it's just a piping in here. It's weird. Um, <laughs> you know, you were you you said you picked Clemson, and you were saying you picked Clemson. Now, I wanted to pick Clemson. I wanted Clemson to win. Yeah. But we saw Alabama play last week. Gus and I got you know front row seats to see Alabama. Mm-hmm. No, nope. not front row, but yeah. you know they were good seats. <laughs> and there um, there's not a bad seat in that, in no, that there stadium. There really man. isn't. Um, and we were impressed. What we saw Alabama do, we talked about it last week, was just wow. You know. But here they come in, they lay a big egg. Clemson takes this. They didn't. They didn't lay an egg. They, they, they didn't do Oklahoma. Dis- they didn't do Oklahoma. They didn't I, do an Oklahoma. But Oklahoma was down twenty-eight nothing. Also, and Alabama lost by twenty-eight. You know what I mean? So did they do an, They didn't do the Oklahoma by blowing it out early. They mm-hmm. were kind of competitive, but then they got blown out. Alabama got blown out early. I mean, Oklahoma got blown out early, and then they tried to make it competitive at the end. Okay. But it was you know the margin of victory was actually bigger in this game, mm-hmm. and it's really surprising. But now let's 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 move past the game. Let's I told I told you uh, after the Oklahoma game, uh-huh. I was also impressed by Oklahoma because of the because they kept it relatively close to the end. But yeah. I said if Oklahoma had a, a SEC defense, thank you. Maybe they, they would have won. They, they would have won that game. They yeah. would have. Okay. Well, go so go finish what you were saying. No, uh, I was just saying I wanted to, I wanted to to move a little forward now because you're here. Last week we uh, we didn't talk about it as much, but there's been a lot of. Uh, a lot of changes at your uh, alma mater here okay. at the University of Miami, which happens to be the team that's in the same conference as Clemson. Clemson. Mm-hmm. So obviously somebody that we have to, to look at because for, mm-hmm. for the Canes to ever get relevant again, mm-hmm. forever to reach that pinnacle, to reach that peak again, they're going to have to go through Clemson, you know, Yeah. in the conference to get anything. So now you're looking at shit. We got to get through Clemson and then we got to play in Alabama or something like that. If we were to get back up to that level. Now that's, Looking way down the road. That's tough. Still some time away. You're here. Things have changed. I want to know, before we even give our opinions and our takes on any of this stuff, I want to know where 
What is your initial reaction and feeling about what's happened at the University of Miami in the last few weeks? I'm glad you asked that question. On the way here from Georgia, mm -hmm. I was thinking about where does Miami place when it comes to being an elite college football team? Yeah. They're at the bottom tier. You have decent, you have good, yep. you have great, that you have elite, real good. Yeah. Oklahoma is considered great. Yeah. Clemson, Alabama are considered the elite. elite. They're the only two. In they're the category. only two. And Georgia is close. They're, they're in between elite and great. Yeah. They just can't get past Alabama. Yeah. So when, you, when we look back at this and when – Kids, when my son becomes of age to play sports, and when he looks back and say, all right, University of Miami was good, but it was way back then. Yeah. They're going to say way back then. Yeah. Because we're living on this 2000, 2001, 2002 team. Palomalo effect, bro. That's yeah. what I've been you, No, you, you just stole my thunder right now because yeah. I was going to give you credit on that. I said I was going to say the University of Miami, is ha a lot of the fans are having a Palomalo effect yeah. because when I look at certain people's social media, other people that University of Miami, they always want to show that team. Yeah. The two, oh, the greatest team ever. Oh, yeah. Okay, how much longer do we think as – the college football landscape expands and it gets much better. Teams are getting better. Mm -hmm. Universities are being able to recruit the kids that it like Oregon. Oregon can easily become a great university. I'm sorry, yeah. me back. They can become a great university again. Mm -hmm. They can because they have everything you need when it comes to recruiting. They're just so far west. Yeah. Now to answer your question, my input on the decision makings that is going on at University of Miami when when Rock uh, when Mark Rick left he left before a reason yeah. he sees something now don't get me wrong I heard whispers that uh the athletic director wanted him to make some changes in his coaching staff and he yeah. wasn't willing to bend on that yeah. so he put enough he put enough uh, equity into his coaching that he feels like he should be able to make the decisions on his own they won't let him do it so he want to walk out gracefully even though he didn't the, the way he finished, he didn't want it to finish that way. He wanted to obviously win the national championship. Now comes Manny Diaz. Yep. I'm afraid that Manny D. don't get me wrong, I think he, he, can, he can get to the kids. Yeah. But is it going to be enough Thank you. to be able to push them to the elite level again? Because remember, we're just, we're, 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 we're floating on decent. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're, I'm actually very happy to hear you say these things. This is what I've been feeling. <laughs> we're floating on decent. Yeah. We're good. We're floating on decent. Huh. If we can't be, if we lost to Wisconsin two years in a row, yeah, two years in a row of For a real. team that doesn't have. It's a Big Ten school. It's a Big Ten school, and their their best athletes they're getting from Florida. That's the thing. Yeah. Now I've been saying Except it for the linemen. For, now I've been saying <laughs> it for a while now, and you know Gus and I. I've been covering the local college football team here, FIU, for three years now. We've also seen FAU. We've watched UCF in person. We've seen the teams play. We know what's going on there. We've talked to other people. We talk to people who cover the other teams. We see what the reaction is, you know, not just all oh, what you see on TV. And I've been saying it for a while now. There is a, comp a competition in the geography of where UM is. Now, you mentioned Oregon. Oregon is up there in Eugene. That's where they play. Uh, forget where Oregon State is. It's um, ah man, I can't Beaverton. remember. Beaverton. 
is it Beaverton? I, I think believe? so. Something like that. But that's it. There's no other competition in the state of Oregon. You know, they have a region cut off. Now, back in the day, in your time with the Canes, prior to you, from Orlando down to the Keys, that was the state of Miami, like they called it, you know? That's where we had first pickings at all the recruits that were coming out of there. Now, what's happened since then is the addition of new schools that are picking out these players and that are fishing in the same pond of players that, you know, that it used to be exclusively for Miami. And on top of that, man, dude, look at this championship game. We had a true freshman quarterback start. We had a true freshman wide receiver. There was a lot of true freshmen. Sam Madison Jr. is a true freshman playing defense for Alabama. Yeah. These are elite programs, like you said, starting freshmen. So the days of the old where, you know, you'd have your juniors Junior and seniors, seniors and you had to earn your playing time. These kids are so talented now that they're not going to wait. They let Kelly Bryant walk. They let Kelly Bryant walk because they didn't want to lose a freshman. A freshman. Yep. They didn't want to lose a freshman. So like, yo, hey, we're going to give you, you know, thanks, but, you know, we, we can't lose this guy. Yeah. You know? And that's the problem is that the culture now and the way college football is played, it's there's no longer, hey, you got to wait. You got to pay your dues. No. It's if you're good enough, you're going to go play. play. And if you don't play, somebody else that's is going to let you play. And that's what's happening. UM can't keep holding on to this this whole mythology that we're good, this Palomalo thing. Like, oh, mm-hmm. we're good. You got to sit here and earn your keep. No, bro, because I can go to FAU. I can go to FIU. I can go to UCF, USF. I can go to the Gators. I can go to any of these other schools, and I'm going to play. And I'm going to play right away. It's, and not it's, only, it's not only those schools that are poaching, though. It's the yeah. whole country. Well, the, the whole, whole country, country recruits yeah. in South Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's because that's, yeah. where the, that's, where they get the, that's where they get the skill position players at. Of course. We, a lot of people don't come to Miami to draft, I mean, to recruit office alignment. No. They don't come here to recruit. No. Like, I'm, you may have a linebacker here. The linebackers course, are everywhere. Course. So, yeah. but receivers, corners, tight ends, quarterbacks, mm-hmm. they come here. Uh, but this, I don't want to play around with this. Because this is scary. Yeah. This is very scary. Because mm-hmm. I, I, we had a conversation off air when I mentioned that Clemson was the team, like the limbo team, back when I was playing. Yeah. They yeah. were the team that, uh, they're good. They'll probably be in the United Bowl. But you'd put, you, uh, you put uh, South Carolina uh, above them. You know, yeah, South Clemson. Carolina, yeah, because and that's their rival. yeah, because yeah. that was their rival. And South Carolina, the when I was playing, they were yeah. they were much better than Clemson mm-hmm. at that particular time. Yeah. Now, when when you I saw, I saw your uh, your partner uh, Gurley yeah. tweet tweeted something about how it's going to be impossible, impossible for to South get Carolina down to recruit, yeah, recruit anybody, and yeah. that's a fair assessment. Huh? So Miami, and if they don't, um, and this this is bold, yeah. but I'm gonna be I'm speaking facts. I love my university. Yeah. If they don't figure this out in the next four years, meaning that if they have these mediocre seasons, yeah. eight and four, whatever it is, they uh, six and six, however you want to call it, they will become the Clemsons of back in the day. Yeah, and then when you think of insignificant, they go be like, oh, Clay, when the last time University of Miami won that ship? We're in 2026 now. Mm-hmm. We're in 2026. And we're still bragging oh, about oh, it. Oh, man, 20, 2000, in 2001, they, bruh, Andre Johnson is retired. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, that's the Tom other Dorsey thing. is. There's one guy left in the league that's from those squads. Frank Gore. Frank Gore. That's it, man. Your primo. Now, that's another thing that you mentioned there, which is, and Gus and, Gus and I were talking about it last week, which is this other Palomalo effect is that the U is an NFL factory, that you're going to go there and you're going to be a first-round pick because they had that string of how many first-round picks that, you know, 15 years in a row, whatever it was. But if you look around the league, there's some good ballers out there. And yeah. UM has a big percentage of the players that are in there. Yeah. But the guys that you associate with being those great Canes, those Hall of Famers, 
Well, in the those guys. Anymore. Yeah, they're not in the those league the anymore. If you yeah. look at the guys that are in the league right now, they're they're solid players. They're good players, but they're not those elite guys. Yeah, we, you know, our, the water. Since, since, I don't mean to cut you off. No, you since go. 2012, when T.Y. Hilton came out and got drafted by FIU, we can't find a better Kane than T.Y. Hilton. We can't find anybody that's come out of the University of Miami since 2012. Even so. Dorsett, the receiver out of Phil the Patriots. Dorsett, yeah, no. Philip Dorsett. Yeah. He, can't get he, on the field. he was a first-round pick. And you see, and, and, and that's what I said. We can't play with this. As At my school, we can't play with this. We can't joke around and always say, oh, the U is back. We get Michael Irvin to come and talk about something. These kids, don't, they, they know who Michael Irvin is, We're but he's old it, man. Yeah. yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? They, don't get me wrong. I love Michael Irvin, but... How much? What's his his thunder is going to weigh off? How much? How many times you can bring Ray Lewis back to yeah. get these kids to buy in? Yeah. You know they need somebody who's relevant. They want they need somebody who. Don't get me wrong, Ray Lewis is still relevant. Yeah, he will always be relevant because he's a benchmark Hall of Fame player. But I'm talking about these kids who are coming that they look at the University of Miami and the first player they think of is. Andre Johnson, and they go say, "When was the last time Andre Johnson played?" Been out for years Ooh. now. And we, and, and when, and I'm going to keep saying this: when the year 2024. Yeah. Yeah. And, look, the, the and we haven't, and we, we still haven't won the ACC championship, and we've been in the ACC yeah. since 2008. Uh-huh. I mean, 2005. Yeah. Uh, the U is using like a '90s hip hop strategy to try to recruit mumble rappers. Like yeah. that's not that's not working. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I and it pr- sucks because we're you're you're obviously a Canes alum. You you bleed you know orange and green. We're Kane fans. We grew up you know rooting for the Canes. I, I yeah. grew up rooting for your teams that you played on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So obviously we want to see it, but I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna sit here and also doing this that we do and, and looking at sports through this different prism that we do it as, you know, doing a podcast and going to events and trying to be more, um, you know, unbiased and looking at the product itself. We see what a lot of people who are too involved and too fanatical about a team don't see, which is the writing on the wall, which is, yo, the U is not that good. They're, they're on their last lifeline. They're very easily could slip into mediocrity and just be a regular football school that used to be good. And every time they're going to talk about was the 2001, yeah. 2002, every every and single every single championship game. I think it was just a few minutes after the championship game last night. There was already people tweeting out, "Oh, best college football team ever, Dorsey and Andre Johnson in 2001." All right, yeah, man, great. But what's happened since then, man? Like, there's just no more of that. And I think it's going to be a hard awakening. Now, going back to present day, I didn't like the Manny Diaz hiring. I don't think he's head coach. I thought he was a good Temple coach because that's who hired him. You know, he was a Temple caliber coach. Um, I don't think he was great. I think he's a great coordinator. He's a great motivator. But I don't think if if the U is to get back to being the U, you know, you needed somebody uh, uh, with more. It's it just not many no, ideas. No, because you you, you're about to make a point that they needed a, a, a name. I more. think so. If we had Mark Rick. But here's the thing. Mark Rick, I think what happened with him is like what you said. You're saying that he didn't want to make the changes to the staff. I think what he realizes, you know what? This is a lot harder than I thought. It's no, it's a, not a, he, no, because he got, he got it right at – listen, he was at Georgia for 15, 16 years. Mm-hmm. He got it right there. It's not because it was harder than what he think, think it was. The talent that we have cannot get over the, that, that, that wall. Yeah. We can't get over that wall. And – Manny came back to a University of Miami team that can be beat by Temple. Yeah. 
Watch that. He came back to a University of Miami team that can be beat by Temple. So how would that look if we do play Temple and they beat us? That would have been your school, Manny. Now, to answer your question, he would have been next in line if he was there and Mark left. I, he was I, next in line. Because he would have been next in line. But here's the thing, though. The Canes are, are so notorious for being cheap. And, like, this was the perfect thing. This was the perfect setup for him. They get a guy like Manny Diaz who everybody wanted because, you know, this Palomalo effect again. We're thinking, oh, he's going to be the savior. But instead of doing what we should do and is going after somebody, spending some money Nobody, and investing. I, but they didn't even make an attempt. You know, and they just took the easy route out. The best thing that happened to the Canes was that that Rick retired and that they were able to get Manny, uh, Manny Diaz because they feel like they put a Band-Aid over a really big wound. But That's but what it feels like to me. Let me bring something to light. A lot of coaches don't want to coach at the University of Miami. Exactly. A lot of coaches don't. Like, no. we have one of the best schools. We have rich history. We have yeah. history. History. That's all we have. We don't have facilities. When we look at the players – what do we have? We have good players that came to University of Miami because this, of the swag. But was that guy really a dog in high school? Nope. That's the thing. You look at all the great UM players. A lot of them were not five-star recruits. No, no. You know? You know you they, had, they, gr- they grinded harder than everybody else because they had to. They, that's what made them dogs. My, they, year, my year I was there, I think, was one of the few years we had a lot of top recruits come in. And the only reason we came in is because Ed Reed, Butch Davis, mm-hmm. showed, gave us a vision. Yeah. And the attitude there was, if you come here, we we can win without you. We need dogs. So if you are not a dog with, we'll win without you. I just hope, I really, really, really hope Manny goes underneath the universe in Miami like a Game of Thrones scene, like goes underneath it uh-huh. like a secret portal happens and he sees like the old trophies and you see like statues of the great players and some wizard comes out and say, Manny. Oh, he goes to the, the library and he yeah, sees the, the scrolls. Yeah, the library, he sees the scrolls <laughs> and he finds the, the, the information he needs to get our university over that hill. Now, I'll tell you, Manny Diaz, Sitting in a, in a in a recruit's living room and trying to talk to him, I feel like he could do a good job of selling you yeah, all day. I that I, I I I give it to you, but the problem is, what are we using to sell? We don't have facilities. We don't have we, uh, recruiting. We have, we have a facility. Yeah, but come, uh, we, bro, have uh, you seen uh, Oregon's facility? Yeah, Just, but you see, I know they, they have. Come on, we no, compete no, 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 with no. a private school. But, well, that's the thing, though. We have to acknowledge our our faults, and our faults are we don't have the money. We don't have the. We have the, the, the money. But we don't, don't have the space. We we're in the, the city of Car Gables yeah. because they they they, they kind of they handicap us. Oh, exactly. So, but that's the thing. Those are limitations that we have, but yet we think that we don't have them. We think, oh, we could just go in there and start naming off these like you know famous canes that played here. But a lot of these kids, they don't know who they are or they don't care. They're no. too, you know what they care about? How many IG followers? How soon can I get verified? How soon can I get you know be a social media impact? Yeah. I'm a, like you, you know it. Nicosi Perry. Nicosi Perry. And other players there that yeah. before they even take a snap in a program already have a verified account on IG. I you know? know, just I because know. they committed to the Canes. So they're more focused on things outside of football that are distracting them that they don't care about the history. They but don't that, care about that other stuff. You know, like, well, that's the time we're in right now. That's exactly, the culture that yeah. we have. So, so I can't. We get... have to adapt to it, and I don't think the Canes have adapted to it. That's what I'm trying to get at, Mark Rick. Oh, these plays have worked for 30 years. Sorry, bro. Those plays don't work anymore. That offense was abysmal this season. It was awful. It worked. It so worked. 
It just so didn't work in Miami. It so worked Manny in Georgia. Diaz, Manny Diaz needs to hire an offensive coordinator and a social media coordinator. Is what you're saying? Okay. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Someone like that. Something like that. Get well, get with it. So I hope Edwin's Manny available. Diaz, I'm available. Uh, I hope. Uh, I really do hope it works. I just feel like, man, like this Manny Diaz to me feels like a band aid and not a solution. Not a, 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 a you know the right way to heal something. I just feel a little weird about it. Before we change this, I want people to don't go into spring football and hyping up the team going into next year. Because a lot of people say, oh, we look good in spring. Oh, we, we're we ready. Mm. No, we're not. Like, let's go into spring and evaluate how they look. Yeah. Don't put expectations on next year True. off spring. Yeah. Because a lot – we do that. Yeah. And we don't – we'll watch Alabama spring on ESPN like, oh, they look all right. Yeah. No, that's like a – that's like a preview show like we're doing for highlight. You don't really know what you're going to get until the money is involved. Absolutely. No, but yeah. and, and it's just, I'm telling you, man, it's just, I really feel like Miami, the University of Miami, doesn't accept or acknowledge the limitations that they have, and mm-hmm. they haven't tried to find a solution mm-hmm. to circumvent those things. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? These kids, man, the shit they care about is not the shit that we preach anymore. Yeah. You know, the shit that they care about, like I said, IG, places, how cool the uniforms look, things like that. Like, a lot of, it's, unfortunately, it's a lot of superficial shit. Yeah. You know? Under Armour, dogs, the yeah. Under Armour uh, uh, All-American game show that, like, yeah, these man. kids, they, the, the jerseys look like a Miami Heat, uh, New Jersey look, you yeah, know? Man. And that's what they care about. That's what they care about. They, they they're they they're do. not dogs, like you say, bro. They, yeah. they, unfortunately, a lot of them are not. Now, every once in a while, there's some there, but we don't have the... The, the assets to go after them anymore. We man. have we have some dogs on this team. Oh, there's gonna yeah. be some. Yeah. But gonna be some. We, we have some dogs, but the thing that dog is not doing is leading them. Yeah, it's just like it's like we have a Vince Wilfork on the team, but Vic's Vince Wilfork Vic Vince Wilfork is not a leader. But we but we have a kid that plays like John Vilma. Mm-hmm. But he's not on our team. Yeah. John Vimmel was not heavy recruited either. Huh? Coming out of Gables, he was undersized. Yeah. Ended up being one of the best linebackers in the universe. Mm-hmm. And that's the other, that's another thing. Always, too, when it comes to time, like this around this time of year when something an opening happens with the, the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Oh, again, Palomalo effect, bro. We don't go after – you hear everybody say, instead of saying, hey, let's go after that really good coordinator. No, hey, let's go back to the 2001 team. Just hire those old players because they're going to want to come back and coach. Like, oh, they yeah. don't fucking want to coach, bro. <laughs> no, you, you're athletes, laughing, bro. bro. Ed Reed really wants to come and coach the secondary. Maybe, okay, maybe one of them. But the whole thing is like, oh, we get Ed Reed, then we get Ken Dorsey. And I've been guilty of this because I was like one like, yeah, we could get Ken Dorsey, get this guy, get Jonathan Film, we'll get DJ Williams, we get all these guys. We'll bring the whole Dorsey and back. Reed would be legit. I don't know about anybody else that everybody's but naming. Thing, but it's it's it's. it's it's they, like, yeah. We got to stop looking at that and start trying to fix the limitations. Why are we going back to 2001 every time there's a problem? <laughs> because you know, that's the, it's, it's so sad, it's though, sad. man. It's so sad, man. I, I, I it's it's like it. going back to the ex-girlfriend. Yes, man. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, I want to ask uh, a question here. Now, Sometimes she does good work, though. Sometimes <laughs> she does good work, yeah. Now, what, what do you think will happen first at UM? A national championship or a Heisman Trophy winner? National championship. Ooh. National championship? Yeah, we don't have any Heisman. The closest we had in a long time was Willis McGahee. Willis McGahee, yeah. Dorsey came third, I think. Dorsey came third. And they they took each other votes. If yeah. one of them were to out, yeah. Willis would have probably won it. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I think probably a national championship. But the, you know. Now, we were having a discussion, and I, I, I wanted to save it for this, which was, if you win a Heisman, is that enough to get you in, uh, was it Hall of Fame? Yeah. In the College Football college Hall of Fame. College Football, football Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Okay. 
Now you say that's an automatic yes. Automatic yes. Automatic yes. And this is why. When you think of the college landscape has way more college football teams than the NFL. It's a yeah. lot of teams. More competition. And more competition. And when you excel at an elite level as a at your specific position, running back, receiver, quarterback, cornerback, because I got to say cornerback because mm-hmm. Charles Wilson was the only person that did it. Yeah. Only defensive player. Yep. That's an automatic Hall of Fame because you did something that – watch this now. Over – I'm guesstimating – 20,000 other kids yeah. couldn't do. Right, it's like about 100 and something. What is it, 120, 117, Somewhere around there. I'm talking about the Power school. 5, like the yeah. big team schools. I ain't talking about like Division yeah. 1 AA's. I'm yeah. talking about those guys. Well, but you look at a smaller school like Marshall had Mar- Randy Moss that year. Yeah. Came in third. You yeah. Know? So you but have see, a guy that could All right, but the, the numbers. Yeah, the, the numbers. numbers. And you're that one only guy in that one year. The percentage on that is like less, is obviously less than 1%. I get that. Yeah. I get that now. So you're, one, you're less than 1% chance of you winning the Heisman automatically gets you into the converse, the, the getting into the Hall of Fame. Okay. Plus, right. plus college football career is like three years, three, yeah, four max. That. Exactly. If, exactly. You can, if you can do that in, in your short career. That's great. I didn't even think of that, Gus. That's yeah. even better. Well, okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, guys. Let me be the asshole here, okay? No, that's this what is, you do. This, I'm good at I'm good at this. I'm good at this. Uh, this is where people don't like me, but I got to say these things. All right. If What if a guy has placed four years, has a you know one really good year, but came second in the Heisman, but had a really good year that would have won the Heisman any other year? That guy doesn't deserve because his one thing, just because one guy won the award, the other guy doesn't. Now, secondly... What if a guy had one good season and that's all he had? Like a Johnny Manziel. Do you really think he is a guy that would really merit being a a, a Hall of Fame, college football Hall no, of Fame? Because the, no, Johnny, Johnny Manziel, even in the other year that he played, he was he still he, had a good yeah, year. Yeah, but he also was suspended. He didn't no, embody no, 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 no. You're talking about Hall of Fame. Like, talking about, talking about, you're talking about off-the-field stuff. We're the, not talking everything, that. Everything. It's, it's no, part no, no, of no, it, no, yeah. No, they just started putting that off-the-field stuff into the conversation of the Heisman. No, it's, always, it's always acknowledged in every no, sport how no. the person was off-the-field. No. Unfortunately, it is because but, it, they but, don't let the merit of the field do the work. Look at baseball. Barry Bonds has been waiting. The guy has seven MVPs. Roger Clemens has seven But he young. cheated on the field. Uh, it's assumed that he cheated. It's right. never been proven. Okay. You, we're going back and forth. You're saying off the field incidents, but mm-hmm. you're saying Barry Bonds did something that was on the field. Johnny Menzel, his getting money for his jersey, mm-hmm. the alcohol stuff, the mm-hmm. bullshit with the money sign, that's on the field. Mm-hmm. All his bonehead decisions was on the field. But when you think about his overall blueprint of what he did for Texas A&M yeah. for that school because he changed the culture of that school mm-hmm. yeah. him by himself take Johnny Manziel out who are we talking about Texas A&M no, There's no. solid team they had their 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 rich so university. we're talking about Texas A&M only because of Johnny Manziel so but how much are we talking about he beat Alabama we're I talking that. about Texas I get A&M that he beat Alabama but we're talking about Texas A&M because mm-hmm. of Johnny Manziel I don't know. So man. him by himself yeah. brings the conversation to I the school. I had to give him Hall of Fame acceptance because he won best He had a good season. Okay, watch this now. Does Carson Wentz deserve to be into the Hall of Fame? I'd have to look at his body of work. His body of work is he won three national championships at that, t- that yeah. school. Would you? Uh, let's switch it up. Would you put Carmelo Anthony in the College Basketball Hall of Fame? Well, here's the thing, and and this is what I was getting at. In basketball, there's only one Hall of Fame. It's for both college. Yes, and I know, that. but if they had a college and an NFL like football does, would I you put Carmelo Anthony? I wouldn't because he only Anthony? played one season. I know he was great. 
and he won a national championship, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't think of off the top of my head if he won any other awards, you know, like, you know, most outstanding player of the tournament or something like that. He was the most popular player, and he was maybe the best player on that team, and they won a national championship. I give him that as a freshman. Impressive. Well, you, made a, you made a point of if you were placed second in the Heisman, but you put up godly numbers. Mm-hmm. We also uh, we also didn't discuss, like, did you set records in the process of winning the Heisman? Yeah. So even though you didn't win the Heisman, if you set records, that puts you in the Hall of Fame. Ricky Williams, he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame, and he yeah. won the Heisman. Yeah, well, okay. so Ricky Williams also set the when he okay. retired. Or when now, he Charles Woodson, Charles football, Woodson didn't set records. He yeah. didn't set records. He just had a phenomenal year as a yeah. cornerback returner and receiver mm-hmm. for Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, I like again. I don't know the body work. I just think it shouldn't be an automatic bid. It should. It, you'd have to look at the body of work at all times because you could have a fluke guy Gus, who had one good season. Gus, Gus made the best. Con- made, well, he Bradford. made the best point. Sam Bradford. Through, he had one one season, the sophomore season, when he won the Heisman. Yeah. And then he was injured the next season. Okay. And the, his freshman season, he didn't uh, – uh, I think he was – also, he was a freshman. He didn't really put okay. up much numbers. But he had one phenomenal season. Yeah. And he won the Heisman. He deserves to get in see, for one – See, the thing about it is what, what, has more, what has more prestige or more glitter? Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to use mm-hmm. – winning the Heisman or – going into the College Football Hall of Fame. Heisman. So I can say some players wouldn't even care about going to the College Football Hall of Fame. Okay, They'll take okay, the Heisman before that. So if I'm a Heisman Trophy winner and they take, they say, oh, you don't, you're not going to never go into the College Football Hall of Fame. Okay, I want a Heisman. I'm going to always be relevant because you know why? Because we always have the Heisman Trophy, candidate, Heisman Trophy Awards. Mm-hmm. I'm always getting called back to be there. That's right. When I go to an event, they're going to say Heisman Trophy winner. It's its own little Hall of Fame. It's its own little Hall of Fame. Yeah. So they're not going to say college football Hall of Fame player. They're not going to say that. Chris Winkie? Really? That guy is going to the Hall of Fame? Chris Winkie? He, bro, he's a great college football player. He was a first round want? pick to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, yeah he was also 30. So, so we so we put an agent we put an agent to this. Yeah, now. for real, he man. Was, no, he was. He was like I think he was like twenty eight. He was you're like making, the oldest you, Heisman you, Trophy winner. When you just like think about back to school, uh, it's cheating. Well, they're, they're, it's a man hey, playing he, with kids. He played by the rules. I know, but it's you a man can't play it according to the rules. You can't. You, you when you win the Heisman, bro. That is the that's one of the. If you never make it to the NFL, you can always look back and say, I did everything in college football. People respect you regardless if you ever went to the NFL because you're a Heisman yeah. Trophy winner. What you guys, uh, what, you guys what, ever what watched? Did you play again? Say again, 2006 to 2000. And, uh, I'm sorry, a lot. Uh, 2002 to 2005. So it was Carson Palmer, Jason White, Matt Leiner, and Reggie Bush were the guys who won. All three of those guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Jason White. J- Apple White or Jason no, White? Jason White. The quarterback out of Texas? No, no, no. he was the Oklahoma. 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 Yeah, I remember him. Yes. 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 All right. All right. All right. You guys are determined in your convictions. I think you're both wrong, but uh, you know, we'll well, just... I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're always wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's what everyone tells me. But anyway, all right. Let's. let's... You guys wait. Did you guys ever watch that '70s show? I yeah. watched some of it. You remember? All right. There was a season where Red lost his job, and uh-huh. Eric, the son, had to work to support the family. Right. Yeah. And then, and one day, I think it was on Christmas or some shit. Eric tells his dad, "Oh, this is kind of like the greatest gift a son could ever tell his dad." Oh, could ever, could ever give his dad, and Red goes, "No, that's the Heisman Trophy, but this is a good second. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, all right. Well, Heisman Trophy, yes, that's the best. All right. Um, 
let's shift gears. I want to talk a little, little pro football. All right, it's the best weekend in college football coming up now. It's the uh, divisional playoffs in right? NFL football. In NFL, NFL football, uh, yeah, that's what still I still got college. You said, <laughs> go ahead. <finish>. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm all, I'm all messed up. Anyway, okay, let me get out of my college mode here. Um, so anyway, NFL playoffs ha- started this past week. Yep. Looking back at our picks from last week, Gus went two and two. I ended up going four and zero. I was very. Uh, su- Nah, I'm not surprised. I, I, mean, I think I'm a, I'm a guy who's right most of the time, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> went four and zero. You you were saying that in your picks you went, I went two and two. two, and two. Uh, now let's go let's go with last week's stuff, but just a little quickly here. I want to know what was the biggest surprise last weekend? What was the biggest surprise out of the games? The biggest surprise of the whole week was how the Los Angeles Chargers changed their whole defensive scheme for the RPO of Lamar Jackson and, and Mark Harbaugh, mm-hmm. or Jim Harbaugh, I'm sorry. And what was not given credit to was the safeties playing linebacker okay, and confusing Lamar Jackson the entire time. Okay. So that was my biggest surprise because you went into that game putting safeties and corners at linebacker and took a chance on like them not changing their whole offense up uh to to just show power or run. So that kudos to the defensive coordinator over at, at uh Los Angeles Chargers. Uh because that what they did was the blueprint going into all teams that play RPO type style quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson on how to beat that kind of team. I got you. Gus you mine was it's the same game, but how Lamar Jackson was able to figure it out and almost Win it at the end. That's what was surprising to me. I, I give credit to that as well. At the same time, the the Chargers were playing loose in the mm-hmm. game and yep. kind of almost gave it up. Yeah. And when they started tightening it down again, you see what happened. They started confusing them again. So he kind of figured it out, but eventually he was due to make good plays. Yeah. But if you play that game, if the, the game went on longer, I think the Chargers still would have pulled that game off. Probably. All right. You're both wrong about the biggest surprise, okay? Um, you're right about your assessment of Lamar Jackson and, and the Chargers' defense. I agree with you on that completely. Uh, I think the biggest surprise was a team that started 1-5 this season mm. going into Houston and just fucking smoking. Yeah. Uh, they were not yeah, in any trouble mm-hmm. in that game. That I was agree to me with the biggest that. surprise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Andrew Luck was phenomenal. I thought the Colts played fucking great. They, mm. There's just so many things to, to be excited for if you're a Colts fan, mm. you're a former team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's they're in just such a good position, even if they lose this week, mm. you know, against uh, Kansas City. But... Um, they have a lot I, of cop space next season, I, too, I, man. I, 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 wanted to talk, I wanted to talk briefly about uh, Lamar Jackson. Now, I made a comment to Gus during the week that I thought Lamar Jackson had a terrible game. I didn't think he played well. I thought... And, and Gus and, and Fantasy Chris and Manny were telling me that... Uh, no, that that he rebounded and that there was positive. He had a horrible game. He had a horrible game. I agree. He he padded up his stats at the end. Yeah. When the team got loose and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and it's no disservice to him. He's a rookie who yeah. you know was on fire to end the season, and there was no way that they were gonna put Flacco back in the game. So but they I don't just think let that's him a, out there to get. I don't think that's a horrible horrible game for a rookie. Okay, I get it. That, but maybe it was, that's a horrible game if he was Aaron Rodgers. I get that, but I'm just saying it was a horrible display. I don't think it was that good. I was saying that he. I'm he not going to put it. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Edwin. No, I was just saying he had a bad game. I mean, his first completion from the first quarter, or his last completion, he went a gap from the first quarter all the way to a minute seven 
No, okay, sorry, here it is. His his first completion since 1.07 p.m. was with five minutes left in the oh, third, third quarter. quarter. 1.07 that, p.m.? Yeah, and the game like started the game at 1 started? o'clock. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So he went from that till the five minutes into the third quarter till the yeah. next time he completed a pass. And Gus made a comment a second ago about if it was Aaron Rodgers, it would have been a horrible game, but it's Lamar Jackson, he's a rookie. I don't. I can't say that oh. because, say for instance, that was Sam Darnold who was in the playoffs and he played a horrible game like that. Would it be a horrible game for Sam Darnold? Because he's not an RPO style runner. He's a th- sit back, mm-hmm. throw the ball. So at the quarterback position, it was just a horrible game in general. Yeah, it was man. just horrible. I and, think so. Great. And the one thing that Lamar Jackson needs to do, if he wants to survive in the NFL, he needs to learn how to throw the ball and. Receivers will never want to go play for him. They, nobody wants to play for a quarterback that you have to guess if yeah. he's going to throw an accurate pass or not. That's true. And like and, and you never want to in free agency when you because you can't you can't go into the draft and say I'm gonna get a top dog receiver and they have to build chemistry. But Lamar Jackson still wants to run. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. as a coaching staff, as a head coach. If you really care about the success of your team and the quarterback, and you got a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, you need to sit down and talk to him and explain to him what kind of what kind of football player you want to be. You want to have a, a, a fantastic two to three year career, or you want to have a legacy for twelve years. Yeah, do you want to be a gimmick? Do you want to be because right now, and I and I said it last week. I said, you know what? I feel like the Ravens are holding him back. I feel like they they've been saving some some special plays. They're ready to unleash him. I thought he has more potential, but after seeing him this game, he looked overwhelmed. He looked lost in the moment. He mm-hmm. looked really bad. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he fumbled at the end. Even mm-hmm. when he was doing the comeback, he fumbled the ball again uh, for the I think it was the second or third time in the game. Mm-hmm. At the end of the his, game, yeah, at the end of the game, he, he had actually his, got stripped. He, he wouldn't fumble. He just didn't look like that, and it made me think. You know what? I hope. I really hope because I, you know, we were there when he got drafted. I wanted the I wanted the Dolphins to go after him. I thought he has. I thought he has potential. And I'm not gonna look at this game and think this is more, um, this is more reflective of what he is. I'm gonna still go after the the eight and one or six and one that he went to finish seven the season, seven and one to finish mm. the season. I'd like to think it's more of that, but I just hope he's not, you know, what the Wildcat offense was, you know, you know, flash in the pan. You know Somebody who, who came in was gimmicky. They tried some stuff because they're the Ravens are all in, dude. They had Flacco ready to go, and they said, "Hey, bro, you're the greatest quarterback in our history." But you're not playing a game ever again for us, you know? Yeah, you're because gonna, I had gonna, to, all right, we're gonna win or lose with this guy. Yeah. That's it. I had a I had a conversation with Rod Woodson in a production meeting, and I said, if Lamar Jackson struggles in the second quarter, do you think they're gonna go to Flacco because it's a playoff game? Mm-hmm. You know, they want are you thinking about winning the playoff game or you think about making a point to Joe Flacco that we're gonna move on? Because yeah. why why dress him then? You should address R three R G three because he wasn't dressed. So yeah. if but you're trying to make doing a, a disservice because if 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 he was strictly there only if Lamar Jackson got injured. That's it. Yeah, but then that but, would be the only but your way whole game plan is so your whole game plan molds to uh, Lamar Jackson. So yeah. RG three can do option read or he yeah. can do uh, RPO. Yeah, but at that point, they were just you know we're gonna yeah. win or lose with this guy. Now that's it. the one thing I want to make a point is the one person Lamar Jackson really needs to talk to is Robert Griffin the third because this is why. Robert Griffin III had a fantastic rookie year. Yeah. After that, he went into oblivion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm, if I was, <laughs> he it, faded into Bolivia. <laughs> Where is that from? Where is that from? That was uh, Mike Tyson after a post after a post <laughs> fight. They're like, yeah, I just knocked him out. You know, made him fade into Bolivia. <laughs> if he really, if he, if if 
if RG3 really cares about the success of Lamar Jackson, he would sit down and say, hey, look, bro, use me as an example. Yep. I'm okay with that. I had my shine. We're both Heisman Trophy winners. Yep. He's going to go to the Hall That's of right. Fame, by the way. Hmm? He's going to go to the Hall of Fame, by the way. <laughs> um, That's right. Let me tell you how this can end. Uh-huh. You already know how I'll just begin. I can tell you how this ends if you have another year like this. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, I I hope it's not the Wildcat offense. You know, something that was hot for a minute, and then everybody figured it out, and then it was never a threat again. You know, because that's, yeah. that's what happens. You're going to get tape on this kid, and the Chargers just showed you how to disrupt him. So how is he going to adapt to that? You know, this is the first time that you really saw him look like a fish out of water. He looked really bad out there. And, you know, teams next season, the Steelers, the Browns, uh, what is it, the Bengals, teams that they're going to play twice a season, they're going to look at that tape and they're going to study this game and they're going to be like, yo, this is what the Chargers did. We can do that. Let me ask you this question. Out of the two quarterbacks that came out now, you're playing in the same division. Who do you think will have a longer career, Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson? Not Baker Mayfield. Baker. Now, I made a prediction earlier this year that the Cleveland Browns were going to go in the playoffs. I had, I made a prediction. I said they want to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. Yeah. Now you guys starting to see what I see? No, yeah. Well, yeah you were right. wrong in the beginning of the season. We've been giving you props. <laughs> <laughs> We've been giving you props throughout the show. You no, were we, we, no, when the when Cleveland was was uh threatening at the end of the season, I look at Edwin and I was like, fuck, bro. <laughs> it's like TD was here. Yo, to talk TD, shit. Holy shit. <laughs> those two games they lost in the beginning of the year were the different makers of them making in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. If they yeah. won those two games that was close, well the, the Baltimore Ravens would have never been in. It would have been them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so now let's look forward. Okay, so we, we, we went over last week's biggest surprise. What are we most excited to see now in the divisional round? Kansas City. See, uh, dang, bro, stop taking my shit, No, I'm copying Gus. Go ahead. I'm just going to piggyback <laughs> off you. Go ahead. I just want to see if they can finally get over the hump and win a fucking playoff game. So our boy right now, uh, Fantasy Chris, I know he's listening to the show right now. He uh, He's probably in the fetal position. He's been in the fetal position ever since... <laughs> Ever since the Colts won, yep, um, he's been in the fetal position because the Chiefs have lost their last six home playoff games. Last time the Chiefs won a home playoff game, you know who the quarterback was? Troy Aikman. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Damn. I haven't seen a tackle like that since Joe Montana. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, that that's true. Um, so, yeah, the, the Chiefs have this horrible just history, again, of <laughs> – Blowing it, and but he, he, fear not, Chris. I know you're listening. I want you to hear my voice right now, okay, Chris? I know you're worried, you're concerned, but you have something that none of these other teams that lost those six playoff games ever had. You have an MVP quarterback who threw 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards this he season. Better win. He better win MVP. You have all the talent. You have everything in position. You have a home crowd. You have an incredible atmosphere there in Kansas City. You're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. As much as, as the Colts impressed last week, I don't have the Colts winning this week. It's going to be the Chiefs. Chiefs are going to pull it off. What happens afterwards, I don't know. But this is the moment. This is where you guys bury all that bad juju, and you get to enjoy a playoff victory. So I, I'm going with the Chiefs this week. Is anybody here picking the Colts? I, w- I was going to. I was. I was. I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm going to stick with my guns, mm-hmm. and I want to make this comment: the NFL should have a rookie kind of scale like the NBA. Like if you if you're hurt in your rookie year in the NFL, you should get a rookie year again okay. and be a candidate for rookie of the year because Patrick Mahomes. This is technically his rookie. Yeah, year. that's what I was saying last week, man. It's technically his rookie year. 
And it'd be crazy. He would have been the first ever, don't don't quote me, to win rookie of the year and MVP. I don't think nobody has ever no, done that. No, it in football. And really, it's so hard to do this. And we t- we we spoke about it last week. It's I don't understand. Like uh, Colin Cowherd was talking about. Eh, you know, I like I was making fun of him last week because he was like, oh, I like my quarterbacks to not throw no look passes. Shut up, get out of here, yeah, dude. Yeah. You know, like, he was he was he was talking like an old man, dude. Patrick Mahomes, what he's done is Marino esque. It's the most exciting thing that's happened to football in a very, very, very long time. And I'm excited. That's who I want to see go as far as possible. That guy is must-see TV. The best football game I saw this season was that Chiefs-Rams game. game. That thing was, that like, was amazing. That, that thing was, was the most game. fun I've seen playing football, and it's just it's amazing. I want to see more of that. But it also shows that how the Chiefs don't have the uh, defense. They don't have defense. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, and the Colts. Now, they've, they've, they, they were also depleted on defense due to injuries. That That's now football. they've had time to heal and they have some of those pieces back. We'll see how it translates. But that doesn't. I, I I love when people say, "Oh, the people are coming back who was hurt. They're gonna be they're gonna be rusty." Yeah, no, for sure. So but look at those games that those shootout games that they lost, those super high scoring games that they lost. Mm-hmm. Were to the Patriots mm-hmm. and the fucking Rams. Rams. Those are great teams. Yeah, arguably take, better than the Colts. And, and they lost close too. So you take those two close losses and on the road and on the road. So. I don't see them taking it into the Super Bowl. I'm just being straight up. They're mm-hmm. good. I don't see them getting past the Patriots if they get that. It's just something. Oh my about, God! Really? I'm no listen, dog. That's what you're, you're scared of. Listen, man. No, y'all y'all better stop disrespecting the Patriots, dog. One, One day we're gonna be right. Them, One thing you gotta stop. <laughs> you gotta stop disrespecting them because the if it ain't if it ain't broke, why should you fix it? I'll Every you. you you guys were here this week. We say, "Oh, did the Patriots lose it? Like, are they losing their 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 Patriot way and all that stuff?" And look, they back in the playoffs to this they day. Got, to this day, <laughs> I'm telling you. Right. And they had a first round by the rest of their guys, bastards. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But. Patriots, bro, this is the most suspect they've looked. And now we say this every year. Yeah. We say this every year. I understand that. But we never say it this late in the season. But yeah. And here's it, bro. Gronk hasn't, he's got like, you know, he looks off. Doesn't look the same. <laughs> Edelman, the defense, everybody looks vulnerable. Is this safe? They this- look vul- more vulnerable than they have in other years. And, and it's, you know, honestly, it's not so much that the Patriots are not playing as well. I just think the Chargers are just playing way too hot right now, dude. Can I ask a fair question? I think the Chargers are going to go into New England and they're going to slap it, brother. Can I can I ask a fair question? Like that. When you look at this playoff, these playoff matchups, even the one from last week, Mm -hmm. did you see any weak links, like teams that they don't deserve to be in the playoffs, or those teams don't get hot? Like anybody in this play, any team in the playoffs right now, Mm -hmm. every single team can play in the Super Bowl. Like you know how you have that one team's like man, they. They had don't deserve. Well, I thought the Ravens. Game. The Ravens could have too, man. Like I don't, I don't. Yeah. I, to be, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl yeah. because I really felt like it was really hard to read to figure out that RPO the way Lamar Jackson was doing it. I got you. No team in the NFL is a weak in the playoffs is a weak link. Yeah. Not one single team. Yeah, and I'm not going to discount you know experience either. You know what I mean? Nick Foles. You, <laughs> that, is, that he is he's going to get a statue in Philly, bro. <laughs> right next to Rocky. He's going to get a statue. <laughs> They're just going to take the Rocky if he, one and just put If he goes and win yeah. the Super Bowl again, the Eagles are going to be in the best, worst position ever. Oh, yeah. Well, he'll, I, I don't see, like, okay, I don't see any scenario in which 
they would keep Foles over Wentz, even if Foles goes in and just, let's say he dominates the next few weeks, and they win the Super Bowl easy. I don't see a scenario where Philly goes, hey, um, Carson, we're, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to let you go. We're going to move you somewhere else, and we're going to roll with Nick. Even if this guy's won back-to-back Super Bowls and everything, I just think it's with Carson, you have a higher ceiling. There's, it, it, it leads it, – you have to put weight on the regular season. It's not just the playoffs. You have to get somebody that gets you into the playoffs. Watch There's this. 16 games. What Hall of Fame quarterback – who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. was cut from his team. What do you mean? Drew Brees. No, no, no he wasn't cut. He was, was he traded? playing at a Hall of Fame level when he got cut. Oh. When he got cut? Yes. Kurt Warner? Peyton Manning. Oh, yeah. Oh, if yeah. you can cut Peyton Manning. Yeah, look at that. He stumped us pretty good there. Yeah. You would trade Carson Wentz if mm-hmm. Nick Foles wins your Super Bowl. Because this is when you, if you can, what can the Eagles fans? This is what they will say: If Nick Foles have a down year next year, they can always say he won us two fucking Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. Carson went play. Don't get me. He's playing. He, he put. He always puts them in a position, but he didn't this year. No, I know, and he's been injured. He's been injured twice in the NFL, and he got injured in college as well. Nick Foles can get Carson Wentz traded. I don't know. I I, I way, still I'm still under the belief that it's it just I, I don't see how they no, can they've invested Brian, so much in this Championships are hard to come by. Yeah. Either if way, you, either way, you can trade either one of those guys and get some good return. Mm-mm. Yeah, you can. No, no, because this is you're not going to get any return. You're for not, Foles. You know, you, you'll get more return for Foles, but he's been hurt, so you might not get as much. Wentz, as Foles? Foles? Wentz, he's Wentz been, has been hurt. He's been hurt. Yeah, you can you can get a you can get a draft pick somewhere and draft a new quarterback if you're not. 100% like how Edwin's not uh, convinced that Foles is better than Wentz. Mm-hmm. Trade if you if you want to trade Wentz because Foles has just won you two Super Bowls, trade Wentz, get get a draft pick and draft another quarterback that can challenge Foles. Now I'm agree with you. No, but why do that because Carson, you already have the quarterback that challenged Foles and won it for Because you. like you just said, uh, you don't trust Foles to get you to the playoffs. Just that, to win it, just, just to win keep, it, just you know. Things Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Nick Foles. Yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna disagree with that. He's better Nick than Nick Foles. Has had opportunities. He's, he's but how how, how often can you wait as an organization that each year you your player gets hurt? How how can you rely on? I that? think I honestly think that what they did this season is exactly what they have to continue to do, which is you know Foles won in the Super Bowl last season, but they have everything invested in Wentz. Give Wentz the opportunity again. He does it. He got hurt this season again. All right. Well, Foles, but Foles wants ball. to start. He wants but to be a starter. I don't. I don't think so. Yes, he does, man. Because when I, were, I don't know, not one quarterback that don't want to be a starter. Yeah, well, I, everybody no, wants to I'm start. Just, I'm just saying. Think of it this way: in the preseason, Wentz, even though this guy came off the Super Bowl, Wentz beat him out for the job. You know what I mean? No. It, and what and you mean Foles, beat him out? It was never. Him it him was out. never Foles' job. But that's the thing. He never. He never threatened this guy for the job either. Because if Foles was that good, and it's like everything is so much better with Foles, I think Foles could like, yo, nah. I'm just gonna give it to this guy. Foles could have played a, a flawless preseason, and they would have still still given Wentz Carson back Wentz. his job. Hey, Tom Brady dethroned um, Drew uh, Drew Bledsoe, and you never saw Drew Bledsoe, and he went on to have a, still a good career. Watch this though. You I'm remember saying, Matt, Matt Castle though? Matt mm-hmm. Castle played lights out. Yeah. And that was a year that he was kind of on oh, time, Brady. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. But then again, it, I'm telling you, the, the guy who should win wins the job usually. And nah, man. We're, we're, talking about, we're talking about Super Bowl winning, bro. I think. Like, 
to win I think the Matt Castle could have. I mean, you could if you look at it. Had a great Drew, career at Patriots. Drew Bledsoe, when he, you know, after he got injured that season, could have come back in the next season and competed for that job and said, "Hey, man, I'm going to take it back," you know. But they said, "Hey, this guy won." Where us did the he Super go Bowl. after that? He went to the Cowboys. Oh, no, he went right. to Buffalo. Sorry, he went to Buffalo and then okay. finished with the Cowboys. But I'm didn't he saying, play well at Buffalo? Yeah, he, had, he, he, he still had good seasons. He still had good seasons. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. If he wins a Super Bowl, the Eagles are going to have to talk about how much value has Carson Wentz created for himself in yeah. his organization. Because Nick Foles good. really put himself on God status. Like, he for could sure. walk around with his penis out in the middle <laughs> yeah. of... I'm being honest with you. And they will say, Nick Foles, go. No, they'll for say, sure. Dick Foles, go. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> go. Like, thank you for giving us that go, image. Go, Dick, go. Go, Dick, go. So, like... All right, so let's let's get to it, though. Philly's taking on New Orleans. Eagles go to New Orleans. Neutral, it's not neutral site, but neutral climate. You're not going to have inclement weather. Yeah. Yeah. Philly went to Chicago. They played the Bears hard. They pulled out the victory. Uh-huh. It was in the Windy City. Eagles. Eagles. You think Eagles got this? Eagles. I don't want Maurice Jones. I hope he's listening. Maurice Jones Drew betted twice against Philly. Uh-huh. He said, fool me once. Shame on you. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on three. Because he said Nick Foles is not going to make it. Yeah. I want him to say fool me. I'm not picking Nick Foles. <laughs> because every time, I don't want to, like, I'm not. Uh-huh. You oh. know how that person, like, all right, I'm going to pick it now. And then they end up losing. Yeah. That's your you're, you're really the lucky charm. Like, just keep betting against me. So I see the Eagles going into New Orleans winning this. Really? Yeah. Um. All right. I Guess do what not. About you? I got New Orleans. You got New Orleans? Okay. Let me make a little note of this here. All right, so we all got Chiefs in the in the other game. So then we got New Orleans, and you got Eagles. What am I going to go? I am going to go, okay, who do I want to win? I want the Eagles to win. I would like to see that continue. The drama? Yeah, the, I, I like the chaos. But I'm going to pick I'm gonna pick smart here. I'm going to go New Orleans would be the safer bet. So I'll go New Orleans. We got two New Orleans right Boobies. now. Okay, Patriots, home against the Chargers. Patriots. You got Patriots. Cool Patriots. What about you? I got the Chargers. In the words of uh, the great Governator, go Chargers, go. Yeah, I don't like the Patriots. Either, yeah, so. I don't like the Patriots. That's an easy that one. That was but easy. you know what? I really like the Chargers, yo. I think Chargers out of all the. Chargers are just really good. Phillip Rivers, man. 0-7 versus uh, Tom yeah, Brady, by the way. Dude, say, that, say that one more time. 0-7 okay, versus Tom Brady. Okay, it's going to be 0-8. Well, none of the quarterbacks no, left in the playoffs have beaten Brady. None of them. They not. I'm telling nah. you, man. It's a crazy stat. Uh, all right, let's move it on. Got to end someday. Dallas goes to Los Angeles and plays against the Rams here. They're playing at the Coliseum. Who do you got? Rams. Yeah, Rams. I hate the Cowboys. I hate <laughs> the fans. Yeah. But I'm going to be really realistic right now. The Cowboys defense is really good. Yeah. All Deck Prescott has to do is manage the game. Yep. I see Dallas going to Los Angeles and winning this. All right. So last week I said I was going with Cowboys for, for all our Cowboy fans out there, you know, for Nate, for uh, for Money Man, for Ugly Girl, and all these other Cowboy fans that I know. Um, you know, I think the matchup here with the quarterbacks, with Jared Goff, who had a weak finish to the season. Yeah. I still want to see how he rebounds. I think that offense is really good. But I think that Cowboy defense is really good, too. Mm-hmm. 
But what I you guys think, are not saying is that the Rams' defense is also really good. No, they're not. They're they kind really of are. Not. They're yeah, really dude. not. They're they only get exposed by great offenses. No, they're, but Listen, they've gotten exposed by Kansas City and the Saints. They also lost. That's it. They I lost agree, Gus. They, they do have a great defense. The Niners or the Seahawks? Um, here's my thing with the Rams. I like that. that I, you know what? It's not so much that I like the Rams or don't like the Rams. I just like the position that the Cowboys are in. They're in a they're playing with house money situation. Yeah, nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Pre- no pressure. They're going into a place that's hosting their first playoff game ever, you know, or since they've been rebranded the Los Angeles Rams again. So, I think there's a lot of expectation on the Rams, and I like Sean McVay and I like I, I like Jared Goff. I like Todd Gurley. I like a lot of things there. Also, would, the the tail end of their season, uh what's his name? Jared Goff didn't play well because Todd Gurley was not Exactly. Available. I just feel and, like my top, you know, my my betting guy is telling me go with Dallas, take Dallas. And, up. and this is the reason why I want to go with Dallas too, because the Rams have a young team. Mm-hmm. And they're coming off a bye week. Dallas has been playing each week, and they they're playing, they're rolling, they they have momentum. Yeah, the Rams are going to be cold, and or rested, rested, and that can work against them. Yeah. So, but sometimes saying oh a bye week is good, yeah, no. Because if you have a team that's really, really hurt, you need the bye week. Yeah. But if you got a guy who's nicked up or every now and then, yeah. and you but you don't want to go into the playoffs cold, and you're going into the playoffs with a loss, you don't want that. And yeah, you can't undervalue. You can't undervalue. Momentum. I think that's what the Rams were. They were they were not nicked up. They were hurt. Yeah. You know, Todd Gurley was hurt. I think he needed his little hurt bit of time dog. off. Hurt dog. He needed his little bit of time off to heal to heal up. Yeah. I think he'll be. I think he'll come back. He'll have a great game. Okay. All right. So you got Rams. I'm gonna Rams. Go, something's telling me, man. Go, go. I just, I like, I like all the circumstantial stuff when it comes to picking the Cowboys this week. Like I said, house money, great game last week, momentum. They're not missing anything. They, they're, they're coming back from injuries. They're healthy. Their defense is, is, is showing up, and I think all the pressure is on them. So I, I like all the circumstantial stuff that's favoring Dallas. So I'm gonna go with Dallas. Um, the last game, Colts at Chiefs. Oh, we, wait, no, we already we said did that one. <laughs> Which is one am I missing? What am I missing? Oh, that's wait. it. We got all four. Okay. So we've done our picks. Let's see how it, uh, how it wraps up here to end the season uh, or to well, at least end the division round and then on to the next one. Um, looking ahead real quick here. Gus, is there anybody that you – is there a team that you definitely, definitely want to see in the Super Bowl? Chiefs. Chiefs? Is that universal? Are we all in favor that we want to see the Chiefs? If you can only have one team that you could see – Make it go all the way. Would it be Chiefs? It'd be it'd, it'd be the Cowboys. I, really? And that's like, really? yeah, this is why, yeah. man. Like the Cowboys. I was to move the needle, bro. Yeah, like oh, they would. People want, all over. Again. People want the Cowboys to be successful. But oh, the, yeah. the only player I like in the Cowboys is Zeke, man. Everybody else is just like, nah, okay. I like I like Dak Prescott. I like nah, he's a good guy. Nah. I want to see the Cowboys win. The I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I mean, he doesn't excite me. Like watching him, I'm not like, oh shit. Because the Cowboys fans, the that. Cowboy fans have the Palomalu effect themselves too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're still living in 1995. You know what I mean? Exactly. They're still the best shit. You know, they still take <laughs> Jimmy Johnson. I mean, if I have to hear, how about them Cowboys? That's just like you know, that's just like all the UN fans go. Oh, 2001 was the best team. You know, like, come on, bro. Yeah, nobody nobody said how about them Cowboys in a long time with relevancy. Ah, yeah. you know, it's been a while. Come on, Cowboy fans. Give me another catchphrase. Yeah, give me something new with, with uh, what's that? What's the coach? Uh, Jason Garrett? Jason, Jason Garrett. Garrett, yeah. God, that guy's, like, super boring. I feel like he just, that's Jerry Jones' team. I don't, I don't know what that guy does. It's like a caretaker. 
yeah. think he does. Uh, I don't think he really calls any plays or anything. It's just everybody mm-hmm. else. He's just like, you know, he's a secretary. He like secretary. schedules the bus routes yeah. and all like, that. Hey guys, the flights. Let's gather it up. Let's, let's get together. <laughs> We're gonna talk about this. So, um, anyway, I think that's um, that's it for the NFL. Let's see. We'll we'll retouch on this uh, next week. But I think now, I think let's uh, let's bring on our guest here. Let's have uh, let's get, let's get on the line here with Jessica Blaylock from Fox Sports. All right, everybody, we're here joined by Jessica Blaylock of Fox Sports Florida. How's it going, Jessica? Uh, going pretty well. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Doing, doing great. great. Great to have you back. Thank you for having me. Definitely, definitely. So uh, we were talking at the last Panthers game about where they are up to this point in the season. And, and uh, I mentioned in my, in my article that they're pretty much in the same spot they were at this time last season. It's a Spider-Man meme. The Spider-Man meme, that's right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, very similar position sitting on the outside of the playoffs looking in. Uh, and not only sitting on the outside of the playoffs looking in, but needing other teams to falter a little bit to affect their playoff hopes. Uh, and it's certainly a frustrating place to be. I don't think anybody in that dressing room would tell you that they're okay with where they are. You know, there were expectations coming into this season and unfortunately, the team is not where they hope to be at this point. Uh, so, you know, they have a, a still a long road ahead of them. Uh, they do have a couple of games in hand on teams that are ahead of them. But at the same time, you know, you have to, number one, take care of your business. Um, and then number two, other teams kind of have to stumble a little bit, maybe stub their toe a little bit. And that's just not a position that you ever want to be in. You want to be able to control your own destiny. You don't want to have to rely on other teams because again, down the stretch last year, the one thing the Panthers did do a good job of was winning games. But unfortunately the Flyers kept winning and the Blue Jackets kept winning and the New Jersey Devils kept winning and the Panthers ended up falling, you know, one point shy of where they needed to be to make it into the postseason. So, uh, you know, certainly frustrating that they're not in a better position right now, but uh, hopefully they can just, you know, take care of business and, and hopefully catch a break as well with some other teams maybe faltering a little bit. Now, Jessica, how, how do you think the players feel knowing that, this we're you know we're we're having a groundhog day again you know we're we're reliving last season again um is there does it come to a point where they feel like we have to just switch it on like last season you saw that they were able to turn it around make that push but they came up a little too short is it different now with the pressures of knowing what you did last season and not being able to to achieve it you think that's maybe holding them back well i don't know if it's you know feeling the pressure i'm sure that's a little bit of it uh but I, I think they've felt the pressure since the very beginning of the season because they know that one thing that has hurt them over the past couple of years has been slow starts yeah. and what was all the talk going into this year we know we need to get off to a good start we know we need to get off to a good start and unfortunately they weren't able to do that october was a rough month for them um and you know they did catch a little bit of a bad break with roberto luongo going down in that first game in tampa bay that obviously was a huge blow um but, you know, unfortunately, they, they couldn't kind of figure out a way to overcome losing him. And October, like I said, was a struggle. So, 
you know, I, I know that they have to be frustrated uh, with where they are because they have higher expectations for themselves than being on the outside looking in. Um, but at the same time, you can't, you can't constantly put more and more pressure on yourself because that's when you're going to start pressing. That's when you're going to get away from your game plan of keeping it simple and trying to do too much. And that's when things kind of start to fall apart. So, you know, maybe a little bit of, of pressure just that they put on themselves to be in a better spot than they are now. But, I, you know, you can't let the frustration, you can't let the pressure get to you. Um, again, you just have to focus on playing your style of hockey, you know, keeping it simple uh, and focus on taking care of your business and seeing how things end up playing out for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a talent issue with them. I think it's... No, I certainly don't think it's a talent issue at yeah. all because so... if you look at some of the players on this team, yeah. Alexander Barkov, in my opinion, is hands down one of the best two-way players in the league. And they Jonathan have a... Huberto is having an unbelievable season. Evgeny yep. Dadanoff has been a um, fantastic move you know, in the past couple of years for the Panthers to, to re-sign him after his return from the KHL. Mike Hoffman... Uh, that might be one of the best off-season yeah. acquisitions that's yep. been made in a really long time. So it's certainly not a lack of talent by any means. Exactly. Um, so but, then, you know, what do you think it little... is? What What do I think it is? Yeah. What do you think uh, it is that that's causing them? Maybe uh, I, I don't want to say it's a lack of focus either. You know what I mean? Because you can clearly right. tell that they're frustrated and and that they're trying. But uh, it, it's and and I feel like it's not the same issues that that uh, were troubling them last season either. I think it's a little different this season, right? But well, somehow and, they're in the same spot. One of the biggest things, you know, I was I was going to say one of the biggest things from where they were last year to where they are this year. I thought one of the best moves that Coach Bugner made last season was right around the All Star break. He decided to split up Jonathan Huberdeau and Alexander Barkov on the top line and uh, move Huberto down to the second line. And that really created, uh, you know, two lines that you had to really always be aware of when they were out on the ice. And it kind of had this trickle-down effect to create some secondary scoring. Well, it's one thing that's been a little bit different this year. There have been times where we've seen the Panthers' lines click, and then there's been times where we've seen Coach Bugner have to mix things up uh, pretty extensively in game to try and, and get some chemistry going. I don't think it's an issue of chemistry. That's not what I'm trying to say. I think maybe at certain points things aren't clicking the way they should be and they have to be creative in game. I think also, obviously, there's been games where defensively things are just not going well. You know, you shouldn't have to score five goals in a game to win a game. Yep. Um, and there have been, you know, too many times this season where I think the Panthers have had to score four or five goals to win a game. And that just shouldn't be the case. Um, so, you know, I think it's kind of a, it's, it's one of those things where on any given night, it just might be a, a different issue, you know, on nights where they can score, unfortunately teams are scoring against them on nights where they, can hold the opponent to one or two goals. They can't seem to get any puck luck and find the back of the net. Um, so, you know, I don't know really what the magic answer is this year. It's not like you can go back to splitting up a, a Barkov and a Huberto. You've already kind of done that. Um, and then 
even though they, you know, they've been playing again on a line this season, I, I don't think you're going to just go that route again. You know, you've tried to mix things up with your line. I think one thing lately that we've seen that's been maybe the biggest issue is allowing goals early. You know, Detroit scored early. Buffalo scored early. Columbus scored early. This game tonight against the Penguins, uh, there's already been two goals allowed within the first five mm-hmm. minutes of the game. You can't, you, you can't start the game having to already dig yourself out of a hole. Uh, and I think that's kind of been the issue for the Panthers lately is it's been an uphill battle early on. Now, they were able to come back and beat Detroit. They were able to come back and tie it up against Columbus and get a point in overtime. Uh, you know, we'll see what they do in this one. But I think it's very difficult when you already have to start a game very early on treating it like an uphill battle. Yeah, no, I my my big observation um, from earlier this season was that we were we were coming out hot, scoring some goals early, playing good defense, but then somewhere middle middle towards the end of the game, we just we we let the other team get back into it. We start giving up some, you know, I'm not gonna say easy goals because there are no goals easy. You know, what I mean, everybody works for it, right? But just someone characteristically, um, you know, soft goals, I guess you could say, some stuff where. You know, a goalie should have been in position or defense and made a bad pass, something like that. And then we are just giving it up late and then we can't close it out. So it's like we we get stuck in this zone where we get the early lead. We were up 4-1, I think it was, uh, a few weeks ago. And then against Tampa. Yeah, against Tampa. And it's those have to be so frustrating, you know, for the team, especially, you know, like I, I keep going back to the fact that I think that they're just giving themselves too much pressure. Um, they're thinking too much about what happened last season, and it feels like that might be affecting them this season. Because th- to me, when I see things like that, when you when you give up these leads, it's like you're 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 thinking too much about it. I saw uh, Reimer post game just sitting defeated in the corner, and I felt so bad for the guy. I was like, he reminded me of like a closer in baseball. You know, when when you get the yips, when you're giving up some runs, and you yeah. can't close out the game, and your confidence is shook. It's it, it's you know you really see it there, and it it, it translates to hockey as well, but. Lately, it's been what you're talking about now. The last few games, just giving up these early goals, and now it's it's kind of a reverse. Instead of building the lead and then giving it up, we're just digging ourselves in a hole and trying to claw back, and it hasn't been translating into victories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. I mean, I think you make a, a good assessment. It's kind it's kind of flip flopped. You know, early on, they were early, uh, or or they played well early in games. And then the second period was very problematic. They were giving up a, a ton of goals in the second period. And then third period, if they had the lead, they couldn't really hold on to it. And now it's kind of flip-flopped. Uh, you know, you, you see they're giving up a couple of goals early on. And now you're having to just play catch-up. Um, and that makes it difficult. Yeah. Now, are you – you're um, obviously you're watching the game. I, I got to get your opinion. What do you think of these uh, Penguins uniforms, these <laughs> – <laughs> These yellow uh, helmets are kind of throwing me off here. I don't know what your what your thought is. And yeah, it's seventies <laughs> night apparently in Pittsburgh. I think that's the theme tonight uh, for this uh. game. So, uh, and then I think the Penguins have been doing a little bit of throwback maybe throughout the course of the season. So, I don't know. Yellow is one of my favorite colors, so it doesn't it doesn't really bother yeah. me. I'll. <laughs> Well, see, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. Seven, 70s night is when Fox should send you out to those games so you can rock the bell bottoms again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I know. I have an extensive collection of bell bottoms. I am a hippie at heart. So I know it would have worked out perfectly. Something Absolutely. else. You're also a Florida Gator. 
Yes, I am. Go Gators. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, here comes Tenard. Tenard's like, all right, now I can talk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you – okay, Gators look like they were in line for you know, an uncertain season, a lot of changes, a lot of personnel movement, but they rebounded quite nicely. They were very, very impressive in their bowl win. Uh, it was at Michigan, right? Yes. They yes. Yeah, Michigan. They destroyed Michigan. Destroyed yep. I mean, Michigan. they – that Hart. wasn't even close. Yeah. Harbov and his uh, steak and milk that he likes to eat. You ever heard oh, of yeah, that? Yeah. That's he, just crazy. Steak with milk. That's so weird. <laughs> now, I got a lot of um, – I've met a lot of UCF fans that were a little upset because they wanted a shot at UF. There's a, apparently, there's just been little rivalry developing between uh, Gators and, and the Knights here. I wanted to know what if, if the game had happened, what would really have happened to uh, Orlando? Would they have met the uh, – or not uh, UCF. Would they have met the same fate as uh, Michigan or would it have been a little worse? Well, I think it's hard to say what would have happened because I would have liked to have seen UCF play with their starting quarterback. That's true. Um, You know, it's, I never, I'm one of those people who I don't care who you play for. I don't care who you are. You never want to see an injury um, to a player uh, on the college level or professional. So it's kind of hard to say, I'm assuming that, Florida probably would have won that game. I mean, if they had played against UCF like they would have played against Michigan, then I think Florida would have been just fine. But it's so hard to say hypothetically how that game would have played out or if UCF had had their starting quarterback, what the game would have looked like. Um, but, you know, it, if I really feel like if Florida played against almost anybody the way they played against Michigan, you know, their defense showed up. Uh, Felipe Franks looked great. Um, you know, I think their running backs were dominant, especially LaMichael uh, Pirine, who's coming back next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think they would have held their own against uh, most teams throughout the course of the country uh, in whatever matchup they could have had in a bowl game. So what you're saying is Gators would have won by like at least 50. Okay, so Dan Muller, this is next year's gonna be his second season as the head head coach being full time and you know, you see the kids buying into the system and after the Michigan win, uh the kids really look animated and they look happy after a win against Michigan. See, even though Michigan to me is not a, a, a bit a, a good team, but at the same time they're respected when it comes to the power five. Now do you think Dan Muller will have the same kind of wins he did next year against his most rival teams like Florida State or when you who they play Georgia Hurricanes Hurricanes because they play us next year? Do you right. think the t- the kids are buying into Dan Muller's Mullen system? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think you saw it throughout the course of the season. And I think one thing that you see from Dan Mullen is he is such a player's coach. Uh-huh. I think his players really enjoy playing for him. I think they love being around the guy that has that type of enthusiasm. Um, and I think if you had told Gator fans coming into this season, hey, guess what? Dan Mullen is going to finish the year 10 and three. He's going to win. Um, you know, a significant bowl game, I think Gator fans would have been thrilled because the one thing that they've wanted to see for years and years, you know, the Gators have had good defenses, but they have not been able to find what that program for the most part is always known for a prolific offense. So I think Dan Mullen has finally kind of been able to give Florida their identity back 
a little bit where you're starting to see, you know, the trick plays like a Spurrier would have run, the, the mm-hmm. kind of uh, offense where you're expecting high-scoring games and things like that. So I, I think Dan Mullen is kind of trying to bring back the identity of what Florida Gators football is known for. And, uh, and yeah, it certainly seemed like his players absolutely – loved playing for him. So I hope from here on out, you know, things just continue to get better and better. He completely, uh, I think enamored Gator fans to the program again and to himself. And uh, I think that's exciting moving forward. You think Felipe Franks is a, a NFL quarterback? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of quarterbacks who look great in college uh, and then it just doesn't translate to the NFL. And I think the biggest thing that I still want to see with Felipe Franks is just consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard to kind of tell at this point because, you know, he looked great again in that bowl game and strong towards the end of the year. But, you know, there were games this year that you kind of scratched your head. And I think that was kind of what was most frustrating early on is you didn't know what team was going to show up. The team that looked really great, the team that just kind of seemed like a mess. Uh, but once they kind of got it figured out and things started clicking late, then we were good to go. But, um, you know, I, I will be completely honest. I, we had a lot of Panthers games on Saturday and I didn't get to watch nearly as much Gator football as I normally would. Oh, so no. I can't really give you an honest <laughs> assessment of Felipe Franks and whether okay. he looks like an NFL quarterback. Okay. Um, but, you know, I would say from what I did catch this season, I want to see more before I could ever say, yeah, I could see him playing in the NFL. Fair enough. A little to be determined. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, Jessica, we, uh, next season, the Gators open up with the Canes neutral site in Orlando. We want your prediction. Here's your chance to talk a little trash. Go. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that LaMichael P. Ryan rushes for 700 yards. Whoa. Um, no, let's be realistic Frank right now. Come road on. for 1,000 yards, and Gators win it 136 to 3. Okay, now go. get out your bizarro you world. <laughs> <laughs> because that ain't definitely going to happen with Man, the Canes. I'll tell you right now. Now. <laughs> At now least we gave him three. We have Manny <laughs> Diaz, and Manny Diaz is is a he's a defensive coach, and I know he's going to emphasize making sure the defense doesn't bend or break because on his watch because that's what he's right. known to be in a defensive court, I mean, a defensive coach. Now our concerns obviously is the quarterback position, and right. the Cozy Perry, who we believe was going to be the next thing because he played well in the first like when he started. But he started doing immature things off the field, what that cost him him to start a position. So I was hoping that uh, Justin Fields was going to transfer to our school instead of going to Ohio State. Mm. Oh, but yeah. that was were... a that was a hope and a wish. I wanted yeah. Kelly, uh, Kelly Kelly Bryant Kelly too. Bryant. Yeah, he took a visit to our school. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm gonna make a prediction. I think it's gonna be 21 and 27. Miami, <laughs> and but it's going to be a good okay. game because I, the, every time we play the Gators, because we play you guys every four years, right. it's always a good game. And right. a, a lot of fans want this to become a rival, but our schedules won't permit it because, uh, you know, you have to yeah, the respect that. Co- yeah, exactly. So right. I think it's going to be a good game, but you talking about 100 to whatever and uh, P. Ryan running 1,000 yards, that's never going to happen. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> Did you think there ever was a chance that was going to happen? Hey, I just want to make sure uh, I put no, that on I, tape. So. I, uh, <laughs> honestly, maybe it's going to be maybe it's going to set up to be a, a great defensive battle. You know, I could see it being a a twelve a, to nine final if you just see a lot of field goals and Ooh. and Manny Diaz gets his defense going and maybe Florida's offense. Uh, maybe stumbles a little bit out of the gate, but their defense still holds up. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, you know, I know Miami didn't have the season that they were hoping for by any means either. Um, but anytime your head coach walks away from the program, you know, that always can lead to a lot of, uh, off season questions as to what your team's going to look like moving forward as to what commits are going to do, whether they're going to, stay with your program or, or maybe look for another one. So I, I don't know. I don't know what Miami is really going to look like going into this season. If I didn't get to, to watch a ton of Gators football, I'll be <laughs> I honest. Know. I never <laughs> watched the cans yeah. for, for the Canes. The one thing so I can say when, when you've got uh, a way better assessment of when what Mark Miami Rick, looks like than I do. When Mark Rick left, he kind of did what Jimbo Fisher did. He left when a lot of people wanted him to stay. And he may know something that we don't know at right. the same time. Uh, it was rumors that they want him to make decisions towards his staff, and he wasn't ready to bend. So yeah. they kind of pushed him out. But I'll, I'll be an objective uh, FIU alumni here, and uh, not really have a, a horse in this race. But if if we were if the same Canes team was coming in next season with the same coach, I, I really would have thought that I, I would really go with the Gators like easy. On yeah. That yeah. Way. I but. I, the, this Manny Diaz factor here, I'm not sure how that's right. going to translate with recruiting and motivational. Mm-hmm. This could be a good thing, or it could be, you know, like, a, like what was it? Is it Taggart, the guy who replaced Jimbo? Yeah, over in, uh, yep. yeah, no, yeah. yeah that's, that's the program, honestly, to me in the state of Florida, that's going to be the most intriguing yeah. is Florida State. Because Florida State, obviously, this year was a shell of what Knowles fans are used to seeing. Um, and, you know, I do think in this day and age of college football, we have created a culture of win immediately, go to a bowl game or you're gone. Mm -hmm. And you need time to implement your system. You need time to recruit your players. So, um, you know, I know it's hard to see from a, a Florida state fans perspective, what their team went through this season, but I'm curious to see if Willie Taggart can finally kind of right the ship uh, going into his second year as head coach, because to me, I just I think Florida State is the most intriguing. Uh, what what is their program going to look like? What's going to happen moving forward uh, out of any of of the schools in Florida? But I think uh, Gators and Canes here can agree. We we both hope that they just don't do anything. Good. Yeah, I hope, yeah. They go, I hope they go Owen no Owen eleven every year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Jessica, you are a self-proclaimed. Music snob, right? You tweeted that out, so I'm not putting any weird information out there. So, yes, let's, this is true. This is true. And yeah. the the reason that I said that is not because I was listening to Dave Matthews Band in middle school. Uh. It's because I thought I was better than everybody because I was listening to Dave Matthews Band in middle school. Of course. So that is kind of that is kind of where the music snob things come uh, thing kind of comes from. Is I do think that I have pretty good taste in music and i have a tendency to judge other people based on their taste in music so um 
that's kind of where the whole self-proclaimed music snob thing came from. <laughs> All right. I mean, I know you're a Zeppelin fan. I love Zeppelin. Huge Led Zeppelin oh, fan. Okay, Huge I'm going to walk Zeppelin away from this fan. conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Zeppelin or Beatles? Zeppelin. Of course. Ze- Zeppelin's number one. You can throw yes. any band out to me, and it's going to be Zeppelin. Michael Jackson? Time. I, Michael, Jack- <laughs> All right. Michael Jackson or Prince? Prince. Oh, all right, Ooh. all right. I'm kind of torn on that one. Me I too. really love Prince, but I really love Michael. I know, it's that just... is a tough one. Like, Prince yeah. would be like 1A, and Michael Jackson would be 1B. I, I mean, that's so. how little the gap is between I think how the much thing I is like that both of them. We grew up liking Michael Jackson, and his music is kid-friendly. Maybe he wasn't, but his music is, <laughs> right? But I think you have to grow up a little bit to appreciate Prince. I think it's fair. Prince is just, Prince from top to bottom is such an incredible musician, uh, I think I just have such a respect for not only his ability to uh, play, you know, five, six, seven, eight different kinds of instruments, but his ability to write songs, oh, that's uh, genius. Yeah. the type of performer he was, um, you know, just all around his his complete an utter talent mm. as a performer, as a musician, as an artist. I also think the venue has uh, something to do with it. Because if I'm at like the roller rink, I want to hear Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. when Rock yeah. With You comes on, that's when I start shuffling. I start doing my thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. The Raspberry Beret, man, I kind of get the same reaction too. So. Oh, I love Raspberry Beret. Pink Cashmere, though, is my favorite Prince ah, song. Oh. Okay, good, good, good. All right, last one. Big Ear Tupac. Settle it. Settle it. <laughs> I think you gotta go biggie. Yeah, there we yes. go. All right. Yeah. Okay. Can't go wrong with that. Well, West Coast people are gonna be upset, Otis but... Redding or Al Green? Oh, Gus, that's you. Uh, Al, Al Green. Al Green. Yeah. Al Green. Oh, I'll take Otis. All right. Yeah, I'll just take wanna, Otis. I think she just wanna go. Down in the Valley by <laughs> Otis Redding may I mean Otis Redding just he just stirs my soul like no one else. He his voice is Dang. probably one of my top three favorite voices of all time. Oh man. man mine is Edwin's. <laughs> <laughs> After three years, I've finally made it on nice. the top of his list. Nice. <laughs> All right, Jessica. Well, thank you very much for joining us once again. And, uh, well, make sure everybody go follow Jessica Blaylock on Twitter at Jess Blaylock. I'm about to follow you right now. There you <laughs> go. <I'm on> <laughs> Jess Blaylock. There you go. All right. So, Jess, thank you again so much. We'll see you uh, next. Uh, when's the next home game? Next Friday? Uh, next, yep, next weekend, yeah. uh, Toronto, Toronto at yep. BBNT. Yep. There you go. So we'll be there uh, right. the 18th. Uh, so yeah, we'll All be right. there. See you guys and, uh, then. Thanks again for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, thanks, Jessica, for coming on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you, girl. So yeah, man. Quite the show today, huh? Yeah, man. That was a very, good show. Very good heavy show. sports, but we needed that. We did. Every now and then, bro. Because I brought it. I brought it back. Every every now and then, we gotta stop talking shit and start talking a little bit of uh, some real shit. Do what you're paid for. Talk about sports. Yeah. I don't get paid for anything right now. But that's true. Well, we do. But yeah. (laughs) Uh, No, we could definitely talk a little more sports. That was no, it was good. It was good. TD, it's always awesome to have you back. Appreciate it. Oh yeah, Um, fist pump. uh, Thanks to Magic City Highlight. Remember, uh, preview weekend, April six and seven. Live the high life. Uh, check it out. You're going to be practicing tomorrow. You got training? Tomorrow I train. I train straight to the airport. What time is your flight? Uh, my flight is at uh, 5.30. Oh, all right. Oh, so what time do you get there? Like 9? I got a layover in Vegas, and I'll so I'll get there at 10. Okay. Yeah. Well, have fun in L.A. We'll see you. Will you be back next week? I'll be back Sunday. 
Sunday. All right. So, man. Nice. This guy, bro. Living the life, bro. For nah, real. You know? Jet setter. Not, nah, Jet setter. Traveling. If I, was, if I didn't have a son and I was single, yeah. Uh, yeah no. Of course. Yeah, I know. I know. The family, <laughs> the family ties yeah. pulling you back. But we're happy to have you back. Look forward to having you again next week. Appreciate Hopefully. it. Hopefully. Appreciate yeah, it. If everything works out. Uh, Gus, great show. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you uh, for everybody listening out there. Remember, LemonCityLive.com is where you find our website. And uh, I know it's late in the show, but guys, anyone who's listening to this part, if you haven't done so already, just hit the little subscribe button. Be sure to subscribe to the show, whether you're on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, wherever you're listening. Hit, uh, hit the little subscribe. Give us a little review. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Give us a little five stars. Always appreciated. Every single little like, comment, share that, that we get is a huge help to us, and we're very, very grateful for it. Um, but other than that, thanks, everybody, for listening. We love you. Gus, hit the horn. Send us home. I wrote a song about it. Like the kid, here go. You live every Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Records played on Wednesday. <laughs> Lemon City. La, 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 la.